Hello, welcome to the Roll Together podcast. Thank you for joining us for these podcast versions of our streamed shows from Twitch. You can always find our schedule of upcoming shows at twitch.tv forward slash RollTogetherRPG forward slash schedule. Please do leave a review and we look forward to adventuring together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Murderous Symphony. Thank you for joining us for an evening of Dungeons & Dragons. I'm Josh, and I'll be your Dungeon Master tonight. We're thrilled to be streaming at twitch.tv forward slash RollTogetherRBG. A Murderous Symphony takes place in Neverwinter, roughly two to three weeks after the events of At Death's Door and Caesar's Defiance. The bloat has been slowly disappearing. However, there have been reports of people throughout the city going missing. Our players have been hired as private investigators to look into a group of murders that have taken place in the Blue Lake Theatre. For those of you who are new to Dungeons & Dragons, everyone here plays fantasy characters in a fantasy universe. The five players each have their own unique character sheets that tell them who they are, what they do, and their deepest secrets, and also what dice to roll. They'll mostly be rolling a d20, a 20-sided dice, which I have here which will tell them whether they succeed or fail, uh, 20 being very good and a 1 being hilariously bad. And whilst they play their characters, everything else in this fantasy universe is played by me, people, monsters, weather patterns, strange music, you name it. Between me describing the world and the story, the players describing what they want to do, and some dice rolls just to keep things that little bit more unpredictable, we will tell our story. Now, let's meet the players, followed by a few words from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Niall and I'm playing Amun-Ra, a far traveller from the far reaches of Zakara. Come to Neverwinter hunting vampires, but maybe he has deep-seated issues himself. Maybe those things will probably come into play during this horror session we've got going on. But who knows? We'll see. Boogity boogity. Hi, I'm Scarlett. I'll be playing Mizana from Azana's Emporium of Glorious Goods and Trade. I'm the half-elf artificer that loves to investigate and tinker. Also rides on a giant beetle. Hi, Angie, uh, and I am going to be playing Rion. Um, Rion is a pickpocket, changeling, street urchin, uh, young youngster that um, has grown up on the streets of Neverwinter and currently uh, their friend Mask has gone missing. There's a bunch of murders happening in the city and uh, they want to find a friend. So they're going to investigate. Hi, I'm Sean and I will be playing Rhododendron, or Rhodey for short. Um, Rhododendron was last seen running for his life at the end of Isradel, the roving house. Um, but what has he been up to since then? Well, he's set up shop in Neverwinter with Mizana and um, has just been kind of playing it a bit easy, like not really taking too many adventuring jobs, trying to play it safe. However, something about this one piqued his interest, so we'll see where that leads him. Hi, I'm Nat, I use she, her pronouns, and I'm going to be playing Ak, who uses they, them pronouns. Ak is a knowledge cleric, Kenku, and they work at the Temple of Ogmar in Neverwinter under the watchful gaze of Dr. Agatha Whipplestitch, who is the, uh, the, the mortician there who's been taking a, a lot of interest in um, a lot of the dead bodies that have been happening in Neverwinter over the, the last couple of months. Who can tell why there's been loads of dead bodies? Sean, Sean can uh, watch, watch his previous campaigns. Um, Ak has a, a curious mind and, uh, and is excited to be uh, given the responsibility to go out and do some investigating. 
This stream will run for three hours and there will be roughly a five to ten minute break somewhere towards the middle. We run shows on Mondays, Tuesdays and Fridays at 6pm Greenwich Meridian slash British Summertime, which is 10am Pacific Time, 1pm Eastern Standard Time, 7pm in mainland Britain and 2am Tuesday mornings in Japan and parts of Australia. On Mondays, we run TTRPG streams. These can be one-shots, four, six, eight, whew, or even 12 weeks long. You can always find our latest schedule at twitch.tv slash RollTogetherRPG slash schedule. On Tuesdays, we have our ongoing campaign, Fracture. And on Fridays, we have our talk show, Talk Together and Talking is a Free Action which lasts for one hour. We are Roll Together RPG on all socials, so find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and even TikTok. Links in chat. Thank you to our D20 Club on Patreon. Uh, you can find a link in chat. Help us make our shows from just one pound, one dollar, or one gold piece, and unlock more tiers by joining. Our D20 Club are fab. Uh, they've created a fan Discord for us. Um, they've also made a wiki page for Roll Together. You can find that at rolltogether.fandom.com. Uh, welcome to our podcast listeners. Um, if you also would like to listen to us via podcast, you can search Roll Together RPG on your favourite podcast provider. If we're not there, let us know and we will add ourselves to that list. Finally, we play with a diverse group of players who play a diverse set of characters with wide-ranging sexual and gender identities. Our tables are trans and GNC positive, and we encourage and champion trans and GNC players and characters in our games. The DM and players may portray characters that are of a different gender to their own. We aim to avoid misgendering, but acknowledge that it does sometimes happen. And we have a company policy in place for correcting people on pronouns. If we miss an instance of misgendering, we are open to being corrected. So please do let us know if you think one has missed you can check out explanation point safety in in chat for content warnings and some of the safety tools that we use through the ttrpg safety toolkit and i think with all of that it's time to begin Our last session began with Ak standing in the foyer area while the rest of the investigators recovered in the main area of the theatre, because I can't remember the name of it and I'm not going to embarrass myself again by getting it wrong. The clerics of Ogmar that came to aid the group with removing the bodies frantically informed Ak that Doc Dr Whipplestitch had gone missing outside the temple in an alleyway. Ak refused to believe them, stating that they were pranking them and hurried back to the rest of the group. Meanwhile, Rion sat on the stage, and while bandaging themselves up, they noticed a shiny object underneath one of the tables they had just destroyed. Zana and Rodi worked to figure out that each of the people who attacked them was a missing person, and Armin retreated to a dark corner and began the process of meditating, the sounds of heartbeats pulsing through his brain until he had it under control. As Rion picked up the item, they realised it was Masks in Shadow's dagger, and they had a vision of standing in front of the old orphanage in the snow with a young Mask in Shadows crying on the playground alone. 
Once everyone is back together and discussions are had about what to do next, a strange music begins to play. Vazana, Rodi, and Rion, they hear a voice in their heads that says, I'm glad I got through to you. You'll make a fine addition to my Lord's experiments. But not yet. We will. We still have some seeds to sow. Now you'll forget all about this and go back to your investigation. You'll have to. We will be watching your every move, and when the time is right, you will join us. Akin Armin hear the music, but do not hear the voices in their heads. Instead, they notice their fellow investigators space out and come back to themselves with bad headaches and a small scar starting to form on the side of their faces. All of the party follow the sound of the music to three mysterious figures stood on the stage, each wearing an outfit that would suggest that they are part of some sort of an orchestra. One of them is holding a violin, another one a cello, and the last one a wand that they are waving around as while the other two are playing their instruments. As the music dies down, the three figures disappear. As the party went to leave the theatre, they noticed that the employees seemed distressed and had no memory of what had happened. The group decide, decided that they best take the employees back to the Temple of Ogmar for their own safety. Outside, one of the paladins offered to take the unconscious assassin off of Armin, who refused. They provided a set of manacles that held the wielder with a sort of like hold person spell, and Armin proceeded to carry them as if they were a duffel bag. Horatio of the Nashes approached the group and asked for a report on what had happened and said that Din and the other dead rats had long gone. After some heated words, the party left Horatio shouting things after them. I won't repeat what he said here because they're not nice things. Approaching the gate back into the Predator's Enclave, the group found that one of the guards they had seen before was still on duty but had no memory of the party. Armin did a quick investigation and discovered that this person had been bitten and seemingly compulsed by a vampire and made to believe that they'd actually just started their shift instead of it ending. With Ak and, uh, sorry, Zana then offered to take Ak to the Temple of Ogmar a bit quicker on her beetle friend and they both rushed off and got to the temple. As they entered the temple, they found Melnor and quickly made their way down into the Undercroft. Uh, to the place where Ack and Dr. Whipplestitch work and finding that Dr. Whipplestitch is not there. Ack then rushed back to the temple, sorry, back out of the temple and into the nearby alleyway. Rion and Rodi met up with them there while Armin quickly put the unconscious assassin and theatre employees in the undercroft. After a little bit more investigating in the alleyway, they soon discovered that there was a uh, bunch of drag marks that led round to the back of one of the nearby houses and into a basement area and Rion knew this to be potentially a smuggler's tunnel that are used all throughout Neverwinter. Ack tried to send a message to Dr. Whipplestitch and was greeted with a sorry. Doctor cannot come to the Sending Stone right now, but you're now under my control as well. And a small little scar began to form on Ack's head as well. Everybody returned to the Undercroft to uh, interrogate or question the assassin, and Melnor followed, and it was quickly discovered that, as well as Artie, who I could you speak with Dead on before, this person had no memory of what had happened other than shopping and then a strange music. 
Maynor said that they would put the word out to get some more information for the party, and with the pamphlet that Zana picked up, they worked out that the disappearances happened around the same time that a group known as the Sovereign Orchestra played at various locations around the city. Although this didn't fit with the attack that Armin had sustained a week prior or the disappearance of Dr. Whittlestitch. Not wanting to carry on underprepared, Zana and Rhodey decided to make a quick stop at their shop for supplies while the others went to the tunnel to scout ahead. Entering the basement in the tunnel system, Ak, Rion and Armin found a crack in the tunnel wall that led to a more natural cave formation. Walking further in, they came across ruined buildings and a large crack in the ceiling, a remnant of the ruining, but they began to hear music and the darkness of unconsciousness took over them. Meanwhile, Zana and Rhodey arrived at their shop, Zana's Imperium of Glorious Goods and Trade, and Monty Dax's Nicks and Naxes, to a commotion. The person watching the shop, an outlet named Thurdom Alstorm, was trying, that may or may not be a um, uh, pun, what are they called? Punagram? Anagram? Punagram, yeah. Punagram and sent them to Alan named Ferdinand Alstorm was trying to find an item for a customer in the shop. Zana and Rhodey claimed Ferdinand, calmed Ferdinand, sorry, and sent them up to Rhodey's shop. Zana dealt with the customer, a man with a large bow and red scales. I wonder who that is. She seemed very familiar with him, and he asked how things were going with the shop and even greeted Rhodey. Zana pulled out a wooden bow that the figure had commissioned as a housewoman gift for a friend, and then asked about some presents for some of their other friends that had been on an adventure and were due to return soon. One of them may or may not be dead, but we don't know that yet. The conversation quickly changed to what Zana and Rhodey had been up to, and the figure, who we all now know is Jakarth at this point, stated that the markings on the assassins' faces they had described sounded like spell, car- spell scars, which is something that he had heard of within the organisation that he works with, but didn't know much more about, but would look for some more information and come back to them and told them both to be careful. As Jakarth left the shop, the strange music had begun to play, and as Zana and Rhodey lost consciousness, they saw the illusion of the violin player coming out of the ground. And that is where we will pick up today. I apologise for that being a rather long one. I have habits of doing that. And I apologise. Oh, I got the panogram. I didn't. I didn't realise last week it was a panogram, but I got it. <laughs> I will set that at the end of at the break of the next last session. So keep keep hold of it until then. I do have so, a question, Josh. Sorry, you yes. took a big a big inhale. I have a question. Phaetonian Street was one of the places that we were potentially going to go. Like I wrote down Phaetonian Street. I can't remember yes. why. <laughs> it was, yes, uh, Phaetonian Street was mentioned as the place that Mask and Shadows had been sent to when they disappeared. Yeah. And it didn't return from there. So, as our session begins, I would like every, uh, not everybody, I would like somebody, anybody, you can volunteer to roll me a d6, please. Not it. Not it, definitely not it. I'll do it. Go on, Jay. <laughs> hey! Two, I'm doing this in the order as you appear on my Zoom, because I have you all like this, so you're all in a nice little line. And would you believe it? You all begin waking up. A faint hint of orchestra music can be heard in the background. First thing that you notice, the first thing you notice is that you're all together. The second thing is that it is extremely cold. 
a light snow covers the ground and as you look around you can see the ruins of a building blood stains the ground leading up to its entrance and the door is swinging in the wind almost off its hinges however looking through the door you can see a strange room that doesn't match the ruins on the other side you also notice that the ground is shaking every few seconds rion you instantly recognize this as the orphanage you live at and you also know what day it is can everybody roll me a perception check please Sadly. Ooh. 23 natural 20 10 11 so glad that I wasted it on looking around. <laughs> you look around real good. Yeah. Got good papers. So, Rody, you are the first person that notices this. The air around you seems to be a bit strange. There's a, almost like a fog that's going around. And as you look off into the distance to where you would see Neverwinter off in the distance itself and some mountain ranges and other bits and bobs, there's this strange shimmer. And as you follow the shimmer, it seems to go up in a dome shape around the or this orphanage, almost like a snow globe. You seem to be inside some sort of a snow globe of some sort. Outside of the snow globe, up in the clouds, you can see a very familiar looking space that seems to have formed within the clouds. Uh, it's the sort of expressionless, faceless face of the, what we're going to call for the moment, the conductor. And they begin letting out a very low laugh, which everybody but Amun would notice. Let us see what is buried deep within, so you may serve our masters in their upcoming plans. <laughs> the symphony of madness will break each of you. What do you all wish to do? Question. So I just see a guy up there laughing. And you heard him say that, but you don't recognise his voice. Oh, right, I don't recognise his voice. Okay. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, did anyone pack any, you know, winter clothing? It's a bit chilly. No, I'm starting to struggle with the same, the same issue. Uh, no, we, uh, we we should really try and get out of here. This is this isn't a good place. Well, I, I, I I'm not sure that getting out of here is going to be much of a, a an option because uh, we seem to be inside some sort of dome. How? I don't know. It's, is this not what you saw in your vision? Well, yeah. Yeah, this is the same place. Do you know... Do you but know this place well? I mean, not... I don't really remember a lot about it. I try not to think about it. Do you think you could try and find a an exit? I will look around, I will try and remember, I guess. 
Yeah, you can make me a perception check if you like. That's guidance. Fourteen. With you can add a d4 to that for guidance. Thank you. Seventeen. Seventeen. So you know the basic layout of the orphanage is, is although as you said you have tried to push it out and you know that there is a road that leads away from it which is behind you but going off of what Rody said there is some sort of a force that's going to prevent you from going that way however you do notice that in the ruins of the building itself where the door is that's on its hinge there is a room beyond that that doesn't look like it's in ruins and doesn't look like it's part of the building but it's inside the building, if that makes sense. Um, like, do I do I recognize it as it looks like it would have before it was in ruins, or does it look like it's a room that shouldn't be there? It looks like it's a room that shouldn't be there. <laughs> it's a room that you don't recognize. Right, okay, cool. Then, I, yeah, I will head for that. Look, this 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 is different. This shouldn't be here. Shall we try it? I mean, I'm already heading towards okay. it. it. Seems like a good start. Okay, so is, is the guy still there? He's he's just he's he's pretty much formed of a cloud and is just looking down into this snow globe, watching what you're doing. Just like just before we go in, can I just pick up like a rock and eat it at the cloud? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just to see what happens. It it bounces off of the almost transparent dome shape that's around. Cool. Then I'll go inside after everyone else. So you begin making your way up the path towards the orphanage and towards this door, and you can see that it is just completely covered in blood. You don't see any bodies anywhere, but but there is a lot of blood. The, The snow might as well be red at this point just completely red and as you get toward to the top of the steps to the orphanage the ground has continued to shake this entire time it begins to is up here is more impactful and as you look towards the building you can see coming around the left side a giant ogre eight or nine feet tall, wielding a large club. And as it spots all of you, it lets out this terrifying roar. But it seems to be amplified by the music that's playing in the background. Can everybody make me a wisdom saving throw, please? Oh, no. A Dark Souls game. Um, yeah. <laughs> 13. Two. Oh. Oh, natural 20 for a 22. Mm. Unfortunately, natural 20s aren't auto successes. So, for all of you, (laughs) for all of you, except for Rion, you become terrified of this creature. You must spend your turns in combat, which we'll be rolling for initiative for in a minute, running or dashing, nothing else. For Rion, you you become paralysed with fear and stop moving and drop to your knees in the snow. 
Can everybody roll me initiative, please? Ah. <clears throat> Five. Lordy. Also five. Eighteen. Sixteen. <laughs> so Rion just kind of stands there and is just head shaking, just repeating, no, 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 as while staring at this ogre. Which bears a Odd similarity to what Rion turned into earlier or previously in combat. Indeed. And Rion, what did you roll for initiative? Oh, initiative, sorry, yeah. I think you were just like really beautifully narrating like a natural <laughs> one on, uh, on initiative. Uh, that's a 17. Okay, so we will begin. Oh, hang on a minute. Do you know what would be really helpful? If I rolled for the creature, no, no, just leave them out of it. I can, I can just leave them. Yeah, I mean, they don't really need to go, do they? We're already scared. It's done its job, right? <laughs> okay, so at the top of the round, it is going to be our moon's turn. Is it? I thought uh, Lissana got an eighteen. Ah, and now see, she got a higher I, as well. I think I got, got I got the pair. I got the pair of you mixed around. So Sana, it's your turn first. Ha ha ha! I shall suddenly play a moon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so scared. Have to get away. Can I see Rion? Like I know I'm scared, but can I register that Rion is like stuck? No, you can't register that. Your first. Is you need to get yourself out of here. Am I behind Trion so I can see him in front of me as I run? You can, yeah. Aha! Can I try to scoop and run? I mean, you can certainly try. Make me a strength check, athletics. Yeah. Athletics or strength? Uh, go for athletics. Okay. That's a 10. It's not bad. Unfortunately, you go to pick, you go to sort of put your arms underneath three on to try and lift them up, but there's just, there's just no give. This ogre stamps its feet on the floor and you scuttle away from it and have to force yourself to move away from Rion. I'm going to try and head in towards the building, but while I'm doing it, I'm like, come on, sweetheart, you got to run. You run, and you, with running and dashing, you're able to get through the door. After Zana's turn, that makes it Rion's turn. Rion, you are completely paralysed with fear, and unfortunately, your turn's now finished. Armin, it's your turn. Uh, well, I will uh, run away. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think. He probably uses like all his abilities now without without any sort of self consciousness. So when he was in the dark, spider crawling. The reason he was doing it in the dark is it looks really fucking weird. It's because it looks like you know um, those horror films where they have people like crawling backwards in on the ceilings and stuff, and they sort of change the frame rate so it kind of looks like they're almost cracking into place. That's what he looks like running. 
it's it's like a horrible discon like jointed thing where you look at it and you go that's not right i mean it is but it's just not it's like oh his legs are moving across the walls but they shouldn't be <laughs> that's same horrifying image in my head now um You're welcome nice Yep, you move and run, and you manage to get yourself through the door. 90 feet, please, yes. Rion, you are beginning to notice that the people that you thought were your friends are starting to leave you. At the end of your, ter- at the end of your turn, Armin, that makes it... The Yoga's turn. The Yoga begins moving towards Rion. But it's not, it hasn't got quite enough movement in order to get right up within five feet of you, so it's going to take another turn. At the end of its turn, it is Ak and Rodi. You both need to run. Uh, specifically, have to use our action to run. Cannot use yes. our action for anything else. To dash, yeah. In that case, that is what I will do. Same. But we'll, so, we'll call out... Uh, Rion, this way! Come along now! I mean, I don't think you get any sort of reaction or response. In that case, I will specifically call out, Oh, heck! But that's it. <laughs> Unfortunately, the words that both Miss Sana and Ak have said trying to encourage you to come along do not meet your ears, Rion. However, the Oh, heck! does meet your ears as Rody dives through the door last. As the others run away, leaving you on your own, Rion, the ogre approaches, picks you up, and looks at you for a moment. It then proceeds to walk round to the back of the orphanage, and round the back of the orphanage where you, you used to play in the like towards where the woodland area is with your friends and with Mask and Shadows, you see a number of gravestones. Yoga moves to an empty grave and throws you into it. Paralyzed by your fear, you're unable to make to move or make a sound as Yoga begins to shovel dirt on top of you. As you become covered, you watch as Yoga's form shifts to that of an older version of yourself with a sickly look to your to your features. As your older self your older self begin stops shuffling the dirt onto you, leaving just one of your eyes exposed. And as you look up to this figure, it just looks up at the sky and you watch as it begins to age. The sun and the moon begin to rise and set over its form. And as it begins to grow older and thinner and more grotesque, its body begins to flake and disappear away, leaving you on your own in the dirt in the ground. Can you make me a wisdom saving throw with disadvantage, please? What? I'm so bad at these. That's a three. Okay. As your eye is looking up for the audience, you'll see a very large crack begin to form going right down into your cheek. Let's roll another dice, shall we, for everybody else? Can we can we have a D four this time? Who wants to roll that? Not it. Fine. 
one. One. Okie dokie. So, for the rest of you, leaving Rion behind, you run through the door away from the ogre. But as soon as you step over the threshold, that feeling of fear disappears. But as you turn to look back through the door to see if you can go back to Rion, to see if you can get back to them in any sort of way, you're unable to as the door is now closed. Trying to open it, it does not open. This this the can't be real. There is, there is some kind of strange... Uh, this is some kind of magic, surely. Can, can we still see? Are we inside a building? Can we see the conductor still looking down at us through the roof? You can indeed. So the orchestra music is still playing in the background. So it's like a very low background music. And you now find yourselves in a long corridor. As you look up and down the corridor, you can see that there are windows on the right-hand side and there are various paintings and sigils on the left. And right at the end is a pair of double doors. If you would like to make a perception check for me, you can see if you can see the conductor. Zana, you also notice that you have a large book in your hands that you didn't have before. I also have a question. Yeah. Do I have my mechanical pseudo dragon with me? The pseudo dragon you would have, yes, but not the beetle. Not the beetle. Are the windows open? They're closed, but the curtains are open, if that makes sense. Yes. Can yeah. I quickly try and open a window? You can try. It doesn't open. <laughs> what did you roll on Perception Act? 13. I got 16. 16. Okay. 17 so for me. I mean, that's that's all good. You You all rolled high enough. So are you all looking out the windows or... Do you want to be looking around the corridor itself, or you can split the perception check up if you want to? I'm specifically trying to look at the conductor and see what their reaction is. If, they, if they've if they said or done anything, or just even had a, a facial reaction to the fact that we're all split up and confused. Okay. I'm looking so, at the exits. And I'm okay. looking at the paintings and the symbols. Okay, so four exits. You obviously the door that you've come through is shut and unopenable. Unopenable? That's a word. That's a word now. And the door right at the end seems to be the only way to progress, basically. Uh, in terms of what's outside the window, as you look out the window, you can see that you are high up, likely in some sort in a tower of some sort. Those of you who look out the window and are well-travelled, you can see the landscape and cityscape, should I say, of Waterdeep. The same dome shape can be seen outside the window covering the building and the conductor is in the clouds again, just beyond the dome itself, with seemingly a big grin on their faceless face, as it were. Because what they look like hasn't been revealed yet. I have a question, Josh, and this is probably yes. a question that you're going to say no to, which is fine, but I want to ask it anyway. Um, can I tell, does it feel like we've been shrunk small or the conductor is just very big? Uh, you could make me... Hmm, this is an interesting... You could make me uh, your choice of arcana or investigation. 
Oh, Arcana, please. That's a 28. So with a 28, which is a very high roll, it doesn't feel like you've been shrunk. It definitely gives that effect with the fact that it feels like you're in some sort of a dome, but you can, with your innate magical or your divine connection that you have to Ogmar, you can feel that there is a lot of magic that shouldn't be here Mm. is around you at the moment. And you've got, with a 28, I'll also let you know that that fog that you could see in the previous area is here as well. And it's that sort of fog that you would get if you were dreaming, like a haze. I guess what Ak is trying to figure out is if we were shrunk really small and I was to cast a spell that had, say, a range of 60 feet, would the conductor be within 60 feet because actually we're really small and being held in their hands? Or is that now relative to where we are? So it's 60 feet comparable to the size I am now. But yeah. Yeah. 60 feet would be comparable to the size you are now, yeah. If you are small, that is. If we are. Trying to catch me out with what I was saying there. Just going to check these things, you know. But yeah. Okay. He's out there outside. You're in a dome in a tall building with the cityscape of water deep off in the distance. In terms of paintings and sigils, the paintings depict various different merchants by the look of it. Uh, all whose faces and names are blurred and unreadable. The sigil itself has GTG on it. Um, Zana, you would know this sigil as Gallifrey's Goods and Trade. This is your father's company. That's when it dawns on you that this is the moment that you've been dreading. The book in your hands, if you were to look at it, is an account of all of the business transactions that your store in Neverwinter has done over the past year since you've been in Neverwinter. No, 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 no. Frantically looking through the pages. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. No. What seems to be the problem, Ms. Zana? Uh, uh, I don't... The accounts... Okay, then they're not as good as I'd like them to be. And if if, if we are where, where I think we are... Oh. We're, we're, oh. we're in an orphanage, aren't we? You haven't been here before, have you? Uh, this certainly ain't no orphanage. Uh, this is Daddy's I office. Th- <laughs> I don't think you are in your father's office. I think this is some kind of illusion. We have lost Rion, and I would be uh, unwanting to lose you too. It's just best to remember that where we are is not real. Look, and then I, I'll try to smash the window because you said it wasn't opening. I'll just see if it'll smash. Yeah, uh, make an attack roll. Uh, that is a wait. That's a. I mean, that's a sixteen on the dice. For a plus that's a lot, seven, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. you you hit the window and the glass shatters. But as you look at it, the glass is still there. Yeah, see? We weren't together. There's no reason we should be together now. Right. That, that makes sense. That's good, good thinking. 
Right. But just remember that it's not real. Right. Whatever it is, it might feel real, it might look real, but it's not. And then I'll look at the window again in its weird shattered state. It is a weird shattered state because the window itself is as if it hasn't been touched, but there's glass on the inside and there's glass on the window ledge on the outside as well. As if it has been smashed. So so we just need to find Rion and and get out of this, this, what, illusion, enchantment? Well, we've been charmed. Something of the variety, I suppose. Uh, I mean, I could, I could try and, I feel like these, uh, the magics that are binding us here are too powerful for me to be able to dispel, as it were, even if I were to try. I don't want to waste my only third level spell slot left. Mm-hmm. Um, I will kind of reach up, and if if Miss Anna would uh, wanted to take my hand, I, I would be kind of reaching up to. Kind of, it's all right. But we'll we'll stick together. That's right. Just like always. All all, all right. <clears throat> if we are being charmed, I'm a half elf. It's supposed to be hard. Uh, but, but but not impossible, right? Well, don't want well, sure, right? I remember that. Okay. Do you think if if this location feels personal and uh, somewhat intimidating to you, Ms. Zana, that the previous location, yes, R- Rion said that was the that there was somewhere that they knew, yes, the, the orphanage. Right. So. Perhaps if we're going to be each individually encountering something and it looks like you're next, Lazana, uh, maybe I will try to help. And I will, essentially, I'm going to cast guidance, but I would like to sort of hold the action of casting guidance until it looks like something is about to happen (laughs) or is happening other than us just being in a corridor. Yeah, that's fine. You can do that. As if you sort of hold the spell as it were the double door yeah you follow behind Zana going <laughs> I'm already ready to slap you with it to, to the last 10 minutes I think uh, there's only one minute yeah every minute a tap on the shoulder yeah you get bored of poking Zana in the shoulder so you eventually start doing it in the face Mm-hmm. Just in the cheek. <laughs> that that that's nice. That feels nice. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I the, appreciate it. <laughs> the door at the other end opens, or one of the doors opens, and out comes a very skinny, hunched-over elderly gentleman. Looks towards you. Looks towards all of you, and goes, "Master Gallifrey, we'll see you now, Lady Zana." This way, and his long gangly fingers gesture for you to walk towards him. Oh. Oh. Um, my tummy's all squiggly. <clears throat> Are they the no. doors, or is that the, the a different set of doors? Sorry, was that the end doors or a different set of doors? It's the doors right at the end. Okay. We're with you. We're with you. I kind of reach the other hand over my head to kind of pat your hand. Mm. We can do it. We're here for you. 
okay, uh, okay. <sighs> Starts walking, <laughs> but is with the with the free hand is ready to fuzz a book. <laughs> I'll throw it in their face. I swear. As you step into the office of your father with your friends, minus Rion, you see a large open space that you've seen many times before in your youth. In the middle of the room is a large oak desk with an older man sitting, reading through a book with a pair of glasses. He seems to be reading this book and then writing something down in another book. Oddly enough, in a chair in front of him sits Rion, completely covered in dirt. But your father is not paying any attention to the fact that he's there, but they're there. Rion, I, I, what am, happened? Am I conscious? Am I? Your, your, yourself. Uh, if the group were to look at you, you've got a large crack going down the side of your face. Oh, wait. How did I get here? Don't know, but this is most concerning. I'm sorry that we ran away from you. It was something of a compulsion. That's okay. I I wish I could have run away. I just, I just froze. But you are here now. Yeah. Where's here? Uh, it, it, it's my daddy's office. <clears throat> right. Mm. That's my daddy. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> he begins clicking his fingers towards you. Not, I don't know if that, that's picking that up, but he's clicking his fingers towards you, not looking up at you and holding his hand out. What the hell do you want? It doesn't answer you. That's very rude. I'm Hello? gonna climb up on the desk and rip paper out of his hands. So you, you climb up on the desk and you rip the paper out of one of the books because his his hands empty at the minute. Sorry, so you rip the I paper thought out of I misunderstood. That's right, but you can rip one of the pages out of the book, and as you rip the page out of the book, similar to the glass effect outside, you have the paper in your hand, but it hasn't actually ripped out of the book. Yeah, this is... I, what's, I don't know what's going on here. Yes, Daddy? <clears throat> Book, he just says. Uh, one moment. You have got this. <clears throat> Walks up to the desk. He snatches it out of your hand, moves oh. the book that he was reading through, puts it to the side, opens the book that he, the, the book you've just given him, and begins reading through it. He's not reading through it for very long before he lets out a really 
disgusting scoff. Is this what you've been doing for the past year? Uh, yeah, yes, it's been pretty slow, but 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 we're we're getting there. It's, it's picking up. See. Right, and what's this, Roadie? You've gone into business with somebody else. We don't. Our family don't go into business with anybody else. What a failure. Well, to, to rent out the space, I had to, I had to do a a, a, a a dual plot. You see, it was much cheaper uh, for my budget, and 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 Rody's very good at at the paperwork and, and really good at what it does. <clears throat> right, one of my children can't go into business on their own without daddy's support. You know, your brother is con- commanding one of the strongest merchant fleets in all of Faerun. I'm, I'm sure he is. Um, um, but that that's with assistance. I, I've been on my own with, with Rody, and we've, we've been going strong on our own from scratch. <clears throat> I don't see this as a successful endeavor, do you? Uh, well, like I said, business has been picking up. <clears throat> it has been picking up that the numbers are right there. These numbers are pathetic for what you should be doing, for what you should be getting. Uh, You're splitting your profits with somebody else. For one thing. Well, it has to be... Had, workers have to be paid for, and rent has to be paid for, and um, materials have to be sourced from g- good enough places. Uh, it, actually, it, it's pretty good for, for where, where, where we at. No, this is not good enough, I'm afraid. It sort of froze the book on the floor. Still doesn't look at you. Can you make me an intelligent saving throw, please? I changed it this time. It's not wisdom. Hmm. Guidance. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Wait, can you do guidance on the saving throw? I think so. Ability checks. Plus seven. That was rubbish. <laughs> Can I do the 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 add the D four? Yeah, go on then. I'll, I'll, I'll let you do it. Yay! I'm being a bit harsh on everyone, so I'll let you do it. Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> you you can't help but feel completely inadequate in your father's eyes and uncontrollably the tear begins to fall out. Crying. Crying? <laughs> how pathetic. What sort, How do you think that you can be a part of this family if you do not have the stomach to start your own business up on your own? Employing people, sourcing out your own materials. Why, when I started off all of this, it was all done by my own sweat and blood. I didn't employ anybody. Not until I had at least two shops going. You're pathetic. Yeah, I need to try and cast command mid-rant. Yeah? I don't, I don't know if it'll work, but I would like to... Gar will uh, raise up a hand and just say, Quiet! Uh, Ack. Ack, thank you. <laughs> I had a different character. Article Gar, that's very similar to this character. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, 
the target needs to make a wisdom saving throw if it indeed can. I don't know if it can. I rolled a natural 20 for a 21. But it can roll a wisdom saving throw. It can. (laughs) You cast command. Now, normally when you cast any sort of charm spell, the figure, the the target that you cast it on knows that it's been cast on it. Zana's father doesn't seem to pay any attention to the fact that you just cast a spell on him. He looks towards all of you. I'm sorry, Daddy. I don't need your apologies. I want you to be better. You, to honour our name, you should be better. And you watch as your name appears above his head. And it says, Miss Zana Gallifrey. Until you've earned it, you will no longer be known as this. And he rips away the Gallifrey part. As for the rest of you, and he points toward of you, escort these ruffians out. They have been a bad influence on my daughter, and you all feel that you're being shunted out back through the door that you've just come through, everybody but Zana, and you're just pushed out of the door, and the door shuts. And I try and hang on, as because I'm, I'm holding Zana's hand. I would like to hold on as, as long as I can. Yeah, make a make a strength. You can make athletics or a saving throw, whichever is better. They are both a minus two. Okay. That's a five. Okay, so you hold on for a little bit longer than everybody else who has already been pushed out, but eventually you do let go and you are all pushed out of the door. I think it's time for another dice roll. Can somebody roll me a D3, please? D3? D6 and a half, yeah. D6 and a half it. I've not rolled one yet. Uh, that is a three, so I guess it's a one, or do you want it to be a three? That'd be a two. Sure. Half and round up. Okay, yeah. I think that's how it works. Anyway, as you are shunted from Lord Gallifrey's office, you find that you're not actually in that corridor like you were before. This time, you look around, and you find yourselves in a shop. All of you, including Rion, would know this shop to be Rody's shop. Uh-uh. Monty Dax's Nixon Nax's. I wouldn't know that, would I? Well, if you... Ack would have been a frequent visitor of both shops with Dr. Wibblestitch, so it's up to you if you'd come there during the time that you've been with Ack. Sure, why not? Yeah. They, they do lots of uh, interesting shiny knickknacks. You might like them. However... <laughs> There are no shiny knickknacks on the shelves. There is a strange red glow. <laughs> no knickknacks? <laughs> I thought this There's... was Rody's nightmare. <laughs> I know. I'm just picking on Ack in all of them. It is, there is a strange red glow come from outside. The shelves are completely bare. And behind the counter, on the floor, on their knees, crying, is Zana. You can also hear the sounds of wing beats from outside. What kind of wing beats? Are we talking birds? Are we talking bats? Something large. Hmm. 
Mm. The bee. Mm. Well, we are going to have a look out a window, I think. Oh, dear. You can make me a perception check, please. Oh, no. 18. Okay. Looking outside, you can see the same dome shape is sort of over the area that you're in. But everything is red, save for a long white light that seems to be coming from a crack that's going up on the left-hand side. Armin, without even having to roll, the way that the red is moving, it is as if it's like a heartbeat. The conductor's face can be seen within the red wall, watching everything that you're doing with the orchestra music still playing in the background. You also notice with that perception check as well that there are creatures that are flying around. These creatures look like large moths, and they seem to be circling what looks to be a very large metal or artificial heart that has wires coming out of it that don't seem to be plugged into anything or connected. And between where the shop is and where the heart is, which has a door in it, there is a bunch of red, as if like a red path, which looks squishy. Inside the shop, if anybody would like to look in the shop, you there's nothing in there, as I said. The only thing that you find just underneath, I think Miss Anna would find this, being as you are behind the counter, right like underneath the counter where you'd keep the money and everything, there is a single folded up piece of paper. That was my emotional state at the moment. Am I just like, <laughs> like I mean, that's, that's up to you. If you want to open it, you can. I was I was gonna say while the others were looking outside, maybe before this happens, um Ak would have gone over to Mizana, who has historically been uh, very kind and soft and sweet to them. And they're not particularly good with um touchy feely comforty, but they know that she is. So they'll sort of lean over and put a hand on her shoulder and you'll just hear your own voice parroted back at you. Oh, you're right, darling. Come now. You'll be okay. Thank you. <clears throat> What's her face look like? <laughs> does, does she have a crack on her face? <laughs> she does have a significant crack that has formed on her face. Fuck! <laughs> Cracky face. You do notice, though, that although these cracks have formed, there is no blue glow underneath. Yet. What's in the paper? Oh, what's in the paper? Sorry. As you open up the bit of paper, the I don't know with anybody else, but whenever I open a letter, the first thing I look at is who it's addressed to, and the last thing I look at, and the next thing I look at is who it's from. I don't look at the, I look at the what's in between last. So you do that, and you see that it is addressed to Rody, and it is signed by Doctor Whipplestitch. And the general gist of the letter is that, yes, if you are able to find a suitable replacement, she will perform the 
uh, what's the word, experimental surgery, transplant surgery on you with the help of that. Oh. oh, we definitely know what this is. Look, I show Act the letter. But, 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 uh, but, but I've had it. It's gone. I don't need. You have. You have. We, d- we did it. We, we, we sorted you out. So I've got to. F- it's not real. So I've, I've got to find it again. Is that. No, you're in work and order, darling. You're fine. Huh? You're, you're fine. It's going at a very extraordinary rate. You do feel a tug at your chest as if your heart is beginning to be pulled out. Ooh. I could I do a, a basic medical uh, check to see what I mean. I've not taken proficiency in medicine like a fool, mm. but um, <laughs> could I could I do essentially just a like? Yeah, it's beaten up. <laughs> Yeah, you definitely can, yeah. Make a medicine check. Oh, that's a non-nat 20. So, yes, it is beating faster than it probably would do. You can hear the mechanical contraptions on the inside working away, as it is an artificial heart. Uh, You do feel, though... do Do you have anything... Metal on you anywhere, Ak? Oh, um, probably only like little um, clips as part of the the uniform. Um, oh, they have a quill. They have a quill around their neck. So the nib of the quill would be metal. So you would feel, or you would see, and feel the tug of the quill as it begins to lift up and move towards. Rody's chest, and as that happens, Rody, you feel the tug try to match the necklace. Yeah. Is that a magnet? You got? A, you can't get magnets near it. It's it's metal. This is not intentional. I I do assure you. It, is it? It. My quill is pulling towards you. Are, are you the magnet? No, no. Uh, yeah, no. we, we didn't put a magnet in there, did we? I don't work. Doing it. No, 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 no magnets. No, no. I'm gonna need. Mm-hmm. A, I'm gonna need a new one. Uh, the one you have is fine. Uh, well, well uh, I, I suppose l- lest I remind you that this is uh, all not real, as far as we have uh, gathered so far. Right, we we know that we've done the surgery already. So, uh, whilst it is beating faster, and this is some strange circumstances for certain, it, it it's probably fine. Um, can I roll to see if that helps? Do I hear? Yeah, yeah you can. You you hear it? You can definitely roll to see if that helps. I would say. Uh, let's make it a charisma saving throw. Actually, quite good. Will that be a 24? Yeah. You definitely feel a little more at ease until you feel the next pull. And then you go straight back into panic mode again. Oh, no. I, I'm going to need a heart. 
Has anyone got a, a heart? I need a heart. Amun's going to point to the massive one outside. No. What is that thing out there? It's a heart. I got to peep at the heart outside. The heart itself is probably about 100 feet away from where you are. And it, it, if you were to look at it, it rivals the size of the shop that you're in, which you've noticed is only one single level. There is no downstairs. There's stairs, but there is no downstairs to get to Zana's shop. That's a little weird, but all right. Um, Gret, to inform you, I don't think I could fit that inside your chest, even if I was as skilled as Dr. Whipplestitch. I think it's all a metaphor. Oh, so what you're saying is that we just need to get to the heart and then my heart will be fine. I don't really know. I'm not going to pretend like I'm an expert at dream walking, but I've heard people have done it in stories and it sounds pretty cool. There's a great one about somebody who put an idea in someone's head (laughs) through dreams. It's crazy. I don't believe it. Well, um, we're going to have to try, aren't we? Um, did you say there was a door directly to outside, or is it just going to be windows? There is, a, like, a door that would lead out of the shop to go... What would be... Because you would have a like, a... like a set of stairs that would lead up to just your shop. It would be that same sort of thing, but except there are no stairs. It would just be the door out. Yeah, um, I mean, I know what's out there, but Rody's just out of fear and wanting to get to the heart is going to open it. Okay, so you open the door. Uh, are you all going? Yeah, I'm being really careful there because I'm covered in metal. Yep, mm. uh, as you as you all begin moving across, the, the red substance that you're walking across is very squishy. Very, very, very squishy. You could probably trampoline on it if you wanted to. It's that squishy. I don't want to. You don't want to, that's fine. But as you begin making your way towards it, you probably get about 30 feet when you hear the beating sounds of wings get louder and louder. And over the top of the artificial heart come three giant moth creatures that begin flying around all of you. One of them lands directly in your path and the other two fly around. Um, I'm going to need everybody to roll me initiative, please. And Rody, can you roll me a wisdom saving throw? Yep. Why did I roll good now? I think that's a... Why Why did I wait? I was just like... I was just about to say Rion chucks an axe at one of them. I rolled a 20 on my initiative and an 8 on my wisdom save. Sean, I've also rolled a 20 on initiative. What? Hmm. Got three. 16! 21. Okay, so... I'm having to roll physical dice for this, which is fun. Right. At the top of the round, you have one moth in front of you, probably 
10 feet in front, and then the other two are about 20 feet in the air. One is to the left of you, one is to the right of you, and underneath them is a giant hole that you really don't want to fall into. Rion, you get to go first. Oh, um, I am going to run in and attack the one that's in front of us. Um, I will attack and then two weapon attack. Uh, so the first will be with my scimitar. That's a dirty 20 to hit. That hits. Um, so that'll be... Uh, that'll do 10 damage. And then with my hand axe, it's a 19 to hit. That hits. And that'll do 10 damage also. You move up to the creature with your scimitar and hand axe, two massive strikes, catching it in its face area, causing quite catastrophic wounds to it. It is not looking the best. Definitely doesn't look as good as it did before. Is there anything else you'd like to do? Uh, no, I think that's that's all I can do. Okay, okay. So next we have Rody or Ak. You can choose who goes first. I mean, uh, I, I suspect I know what I'm going to be told happens on my turn. So you go. Well, I was about to say it's uh, this is Rody's nightmare. So uh, so surely you get dibs. But uh, if you want me to go first, I can. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm going to cast uh, the old spiritual weapon. Ak will uh, draw out their quill, trying to turn away from Rhodey so it's not nearby, and uh, will draw another spectral quill in the air and send it flying towards... So we've got the one one directly in front of us, and then was it two still circling? I'm sorry. Uh, two that are... One's on the left, one's on the right. They would effectively be circling, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to send it up for one of the ones in the air. Uh, that's a plus eight to hit. Ba, 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 ba. But I rolled rubbish. So that's a 13. 13 just misses oh, as the quill. Oh. The quill just seemingly has not formed yet, like in the last combat, and just goes right <laughs> through the moth. This quill has failed me every single time. <laughs> it just doesn't Next like time. forming. You ran out of ink. I believe in you. <laughs> Uh, okay, that was my bonus action, and then for um, my action, um, Ak will look frustrated at the quill, and then quickly sketch uh, a bell and throw it at the the one that Rion has just attacked. Uh, could it please make a wisdom saving throw? It can indeed, and I said I need the physical dice, and I keep putting the physical dice away. <laughs> that was an 11 on the dice. What was it wisdom, did you say? Yes, please. Uh, a 12. Aha, that fails. Uh, it takes uh, 4 plus 7 is an 11 uh, necrotic damage. As Ak tolls the dead. Uh, and that is my turn. I'm going to stay with the group. Awesome. The, this moth in front looks pretty bloody now as this bell rings through its ears, the moth have ears, but through whatever it hears through, and its wings almost, they 
you upwards as if it's been shocked and it looks like it's going to tip to the side but its wings start flattering again and it moves back into position Rody, it's your turn now every time that you see a moth you need to hide cool and I can see a moth yes is there anything that I can hide behind um just the people that you're with um, I will hide behind whoever's closest, which is probably... Rion's too close to the moth, so probably Ak. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Ak just... has robes, so you can, like, lift lift and stick your face in the robes to hide. Don't go under the You robes. can make a stealth check for me. I feel like that would be a severe invasion of privacy, so I will just hide <laughs> behind you. Um, 14... Okay, that's fine. You... I can't see them, they can't see me. You're sort of the same size. You and Ak are almost similar in size, so you... In order for you to hide, you kind of mirror what Ak's doing behind them, so you can't be seen. So if Ak lifts their arm up, you lift your arm up as well to try and stay hidden. At the end of Brody's turn, that makes it Zana's turn. Uh... First off, I'm going to shout out, Don't worry, darling, we're going to shoot him down! And I shoot with my crossbow. Crossbow. My crossbow. <laughs> 17? 17 hits. Thank you. Pew pew. That's a four damage. <laughs> but I get to attack twice. So I'm going to pew again. <laughs> <laughs> for 22. Uh, that definitely hits. <laughs> oh, for an eight. Yeah. Wow, my brain does not want to do math at the moment, and I keep thinking I'm muting every time I hit the keyboard, and I'm not. So sorry, everybody who's listening to me hit the keyboards. Anyway, you fire these two crossbow bolts off. They both find purchase on one of the two flying moths. One of them hits just under where the wing attaches to the body, causes it to falter a little bit, which means that the other bolt looks like it's about to miss, skims over the top of it, causing a spurt of bug blood to sprout out at the top of it. As it were, dust probably as well. Yes, dust. Dusties. Um, can I send also for my bonus section? Can I send Archimedes, my, my, my little my little friend, up and behind to give uh, the next person advantage? You can indeed. Yeah, Archimedes very much stretches their wings out. You can hear the clocks uh, and begins flying off. Doesn't fly off smoothly like a normal normal like fae familiar or normal familiar would it goes to fly it's one of its wings stops working and it falls down a bit and it picks itself up again keeps doing that gets round the back of one of the moths would you like it to go for the one on the floor or one of the ones in the air the one on the floor the one who's closest closest flies round to the back and begins jabbing at it at its rear end with its tail to give that help action. 
Is that normal for Archimedes to fly like that, or is that unusual? He's a little janky. Okay. <laughs> He's a prototype. <laughs> He's a little janky. Okay. <laughs> Leaves a little oil patch every now and then. He's a good boy, though. <laughs> the next Clean is Armun. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna bonus action rage, pull out my uh, Adachi sword, and just start cutting this moth to pieces. Uh, the one that stood on the ground. I can't fly. Awesome. That's fine. Uh, you have advantage on the first attack. Ooh. Well, then I won't. The help. Then I won't bother recklessly attacking yet. So I've already got advantage. So this is probably a bit more of a focus strike for a twenty-two. 22 will hit. Addition. 2d6 plus something or other. 2d6 plus 4 plus 2. Well, that's 10. 12! 12 points of damage for the first attack. As he kind of comes in, fangs out, just slices into it, and then... Is it advantage again? Or is it... Uh, Health action is just for one attack. Great. And then I will reckless attack for the final attack. So I think the first attack's a bit more like, kind of like pointed, stabbed in, and then this one's just a, ah, oh, fuck it, ah! <laughs> and just As you sort of stab in and you draw the blood, the, the blood sort of goes up into your scent, into your nostrils, and you feel that rage come on and you recklessly attack. Uh, that's another 22. That's going to hit. Ten points of slashy, slashy damage. How would you like to kill the one on the floor? Uh, I'd just like to behead it. I think he just stabs into it, and then as the blood spurts onto his face, he just smashes down on its head and decapitates it, turning to the next one. You would expect it to be a bit more of an effort to cut through something that's so large because it doesn't have a neck as per se but with the amount of force that you put behind it you easily cleave through this moth's head and as it splits apart it just turns into very small moths uh, a lot of very small moths and just flutters off away And no, Rody, because there's loads of little moths. You don't need to hide from them. So you're, you're right with that. It's just the big ones. Ah! I say that. <laughs> At the end, is that the end of your turn? Uh, yeah, that's all I can do. Awesome. So at the end of your turn, it is the remaining two moths' turns. They are both going to fly around, and they haven't seen... Brody, so they are going to move in to strike at the two people in front, which would be Amon and Rion. Rion, yes. So it's going to attack into one, uh, one into each of you. Two attacks each. I have to roll physical dice for this. The first one is a dirty 20 to hit against Amon. Yeah, it's got advantage as well, just to let you know. Well, well, that just in case, nope, didn't get a 20. And then again, is a natural one, but with advantage, is a 10. Which I think is going to 10 on this. Yeah. And that is, oh, actually, that's quite a lot of damage. Should have got my dice ready beforehand. Uh, so on the first attack, on the one I need to take the hit, that is going to be 12 points 
of piercing damage, and you need to make a constitution saving throw, please. Okay. It's half to six, and yep. then a constitution saving throw. Oh, should we give it these? Bites down on your arm. Well, that's not really helpful, is it? Uh, a nine. Okay, as it bites down on your arm, you watch as like this purple ether goes into your bloodstream. You are poisoned for one minute. Great. Poison moths. Poison moths. Venomoths, one might say. God damn venomoths. If only you had a Pokeball. (laughs) The two attacks against Rion. The first one is a 23 to hit. Yeah. And the second one will be a... Oh, God. I had to roll good twice. 22 to hit. Yes. So you will take... this. One of them, uh, I'm going to silvery barbs. Ooh. Okay. Which one would you like to silvery barbs? It doesn't really matter. They both hit. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll do the last one. Uh, 12 plus 4, 16. Uh, Kata, yes. Who would you like to give the advantage to? Uh, I'll take the advantage. Okay, okay. So on the first strike, you will take four points of piercing damage. Mm-hmm. And the second strike will be, let me move that, ten points of piercing damage. And you need to make me uh, two constitution saving throws. Oh. Uh, one of if you fail the first um, one, don't worry about the second one. Okay. Uh, well, have advantage on the first one then. Uh, so that's, hang on, where's my thing gone for con? Uh, uh, 17. 17, fine. And then the second one, please. 16. 16. No, you're fine. You <laughs> feel the poison try to get into your system, but you quickly rip your arm away before it does. Uh, still causes damage to you, but doesn't actually poison you. Uh, at the end of their turn, we move back to the top of the round, and it is Rion's turn. Um, I mean, if I've got one on me, then I will attack it. Yep, the one that's on you does look like it's been damaged already. Um, and is... Amon also within five feet of this one. This, I'd say that the strip of red that you're on is probably about ten feet wide. So you two are probably back to back with each other, with these creatures having just swooped in to attack you. Right. They're pretty close. You'd have you're advantage on Amon if you're attacking Amon. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you have advantage on a moon if you are attacking a moon? <laughs> Only if you consider the bee as or moth as the ally. Uh, no, it doesn't have to be my ally. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay, fine. Uh, cool. So uh, my scimitar is a eleven to hit, uh, and uh, uh, axe is then oh, damn. All is a twelve to hit. 
Uh, but also, Mister. So as you try to attack with the scimitar and the hand axe, you're not used to fighting in close quarters with an ally this close to you. So you go to raise your up, hand up and you just knock into a moon's shoulder. You go to pull the axe back to go for a swing and you sort of jab a moon in the in the back of his butt. Uh, you're not able to get that swing around in order to hit the moth. Uh, is that the end of your turn? Uh, yes, it is. Okay, okay, at the end of your turn, that makes it either Rody or Axe turn. Okay. Um, again, feel free to say, no, you don't know that, Nat. Shut up. I wonder, having known Rody a while, would Ak know if Rody has any kind of spell casting or attacks that he can do blindfolded? Ooh. I think that's a question for Rody. I mean, off the top of my head, I have no idea, but I imagine I'll find something if you were to uh, to, to give me that. Yeah. Yeah. Go All for right. it. Uh, and specifically, Ak would know that as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, those, those trick shots we did on the firing range, you know, just showing sure. off. Them trick shot times. <laughs> Good old times down at the firing range. All right. Yeah, um, shooting cans off the fence at the back alley behind the shop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, clocking what's going on with Rody cowering, um, I'm going to grab a, a strip of bandage from out of my bag. And if you'll allow us an action to tie it around Rody's face. I mean, you can do it as a bonus action if you want. Sure. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah. With the idea of if. If it's seeing them, that's the problem. Maybe try not seeing them. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Immediately uh, runs into hole. (laughs) (laughs) Runs off the edge. I'm going to point him in the general direction that they are, though. (laughs) Don't don't move a lot. don't don't move far away from from me and Mizana. Uh, And then I'll cast uh, as my action then um yeah I, I will cast hold the dead on the one uh fight that wait amun has not had a chance to fight the one he's fighting yet correct not yet no so the, the one that's injured is the one fighting right on maybe instead uh yeah let's go for it i'm gonna i'm gonna cast um as an action guiding bolt then at the one attacking Rion. Okay. Roll that sacro. Roll that dice. Roll that dice. That's a 24. That hits. Roll me some damage. Yeah. Boom. Okay. Boom. Boom, indeed. Boom, yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty boom. Uh, that's uh, 19 points of radiant damage, please. Uh, Let me just quickly do some math in my head. That is, uh, 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 uh. yes, oh. it looks it looks bloody. Does it's hit with holy light and looks like it's been singed? This is uh, Ak has has drawn like a a little um, like a little lantern and thrown it at the creature, so the the radiant light hits it and then it just stays glowing and making it just a little bit easier for Rion to hit next time. Hopefully. Advantage on the next hit. Awesome. Is that the end of your turn? 
Uh, that's that's action. Bonus action. Awesome. Okay, Rody, it's your turn. You can't see, mm-hmm. which means you no longer need to hide from the moths. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if you hear their wings beating, we will say that you'll stop for just a split second, so you would just lose five feet of movement. Okay. I think that sounds fair. Um, and I've only got 25 feet anyway, so won't be going anywhere fast. Um, okay, I think that... If, would I have gotten a, a view of anyone kind of fighting the moss, like taking attacks? Like I, I know I've been hiding behind Ak, but is there any kind of... Um, uh, because obviously um, both Rion and Amunra both like they got hit by the moths, didn't they? They did, yeah. Uh, I, you wouldn't have been hiding from them to the point where you couldn't see anything because you okay. need to be able to see when you need to be able to move. So you would see that your friends are fighting them and what condition the ones that they're fighting are in. And now that I can't see the moths, I can attack if I wanted. Yes, but it'd just be with disadvantage for being blind. Well, I would like to cast Wither and Bloom on the um, area where the moths are. Um, I invoke both death and life on a 10-foot radius sphere centered on a point within range. Uh, it doesn't say anything about me needing needing to see it. No, that's fine. I mean, even if you did need to see it, you're pretty close to where the moths are anyway, and as with most blindfolds and with how quickly it was put on, you could probably see your feet anyway, so mm. you could probably just cast it there if you, if you needed line of sight there was. But yes, you can cast it wherever you need it to be. Yeah, I mean, it's a 10-foot radius sphere, and I'm hoping that I'm not that close to the, 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 the moths. Um, yeah, I, so I will try and kind of focus it on that area. Um, so could the moths both make constitution saving throws? They can indeed. Let's just roll there. Now, that is an 11. Cool. So they... Um, and both... a 17. Okay. The 17 passes, the 11 fails. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of them takes... The, the one that failed takes 10 um, points of necrotic damage. And the other one takes five points of necrotic damage. Uh, and in addition, um, did I clock Rion taking more damage in that fight? Would I be able to have... As, as they kind of t- took the hits, would I have clocked that Rion got a little bit more more hurt? Yes. Which I think yeah. was right. I mean, I haven't healed since we started playing this game, so I'm currently at half health. Okay. How oh, was this not flagged to me earlier? <laughs> because because when when everybody asked him, he wasn't really feeling up to being healed. But are you looking like you're on half health? Yeah, because I am. <laughs> you look bloodied. Tell, tell you what. <laughs> so Amon looks worse than Rion currently. Okay. If I clocked that Amon looked worse, I would have instinctively um, given you the, <laughs> this, this necrotic energy just like drains out of the moths and um, heads in your direction. Um, so you may, if you wish, roll one of your unspent hit dice to regain a number of hit points um, equal to the roll plus your spell, oh, plus my spell casting modifier, which is eight. Nice bit of moth juice. Do mm. I add my constitution as well? 
Um, it Go just. Yeah. Cool. Yes, if you hit dice as you, as not. Yeah, you normally do when you roll hit dice, might as well. So I got thirteen in total. Plus eight is twenty-one. Nice. Cool. Uh, that though, I don't think I've really. I could. I approve this message. Um, I don't have any bonus actions that I want to use right now. Um, I'm happy with my spells and my sorcery points, so I will stick. And that, yeah, that's my turn. Okay, at the end of Rody's turn, uh, a layer action happens. The white crack that there is off in the far distance, a shadow begins to form around it, and you watch as the crack itself begins to expand as this black thing begins to pull push through it takes you all a second to realize that it is a rather large gloved hand that is pushed through into this cavern area that you're in and is reaching towards the mechanical heart and at that point we are going to take a quick break five to ten minutes we shall see you all soon Welcome back, everybody. We have all had a quick five to ten minute break. Uh, in the first part, our group woke up within a snowy landscape in some sort of a snow globe, as it were. The orphanage that Rion lived at when they were younger, uh, in ruins with a strange door that led through to another area. A large ogre attacked. The group ran away, left Rion to fend for themselves. It had nothing to do with the DM whatsoever. It was the cow- it was the players that wanted to be the cowards and run away. Nothing to do with me. Uh, Rion got buried alive, and then subsequently come back in Zana's father's office. The group ended up in Waterdeep. Sana gave the book to gave a book that she had acquired through stepping through the door to her father with all of the accounts and records of the previous year's business that her shop had done in Neverwinter. Her father scoffed at it, wasn't very impressed, caused Zana to break down and then shooed the ruffians that have put a negative impact on his daughter's life out of the room, causing them to stumble back into what was meant to have been the corridor, but actually turned out to be Rhodey's shop. Completely stripped bare of any stock, no access to Zana's shop underneath, and with Zana in a heap behind the counter crying. Outside, a large mechanical heart sits along the edge of a 10-foot-wide artery towards a mechanical heart, a large white almost light is seen in a crack formation in the distance and large moths are flying around. The group have decided that they need to get to the mechanical heart as it seems to be some sort of a metaphor and began making their way. Rody also noticed that there seems to be some sort of a magnetic pull coming from the centre of his chest with axe necklace pulling towards as well. And anything metal feels like it's being pulled towards Rody. We, ent- we 
ended the last session in the middle of combat with two giant moths. Now, it is also the layer action and this large hand has come through the large white crack in this red cavern and has begun making its way towards the heart to grab and pick it up. This is now Zander's turn. Uh, with my bonus action, I'd like to to move Archimedes behind the leftover Mothothoth. Is there just one Mothothoth left? There are two Mothothothoths left. There's one that is with Armun that doesn't look like it's taken much damage. And then there's one that is next to Rion, which looks like it is heavily injured. Um, I'm going to try and help Rion because Rion's been through a lot of shizzle. So um, Archimedes will move behind that one and then Ash will shoot it. You can shoot it. Would you like to use the help action for yourself or... No. No? Okay. No. First one is 22. That hit. Yeah, you technically does. get it with advantage because I'd cast Guiding Bolt on that one. That is a very good point. So you can roll that again to see if you get a nat 20. No. Octoggy, but you still hit. I got a nine damage for the first one. Nine damage, did you say? Yes. So my second shot. Oh, it's a 12. So you hit it, you fire the shot. It's not quite landed yet, so your arrow go, or your bolt, should I say, goes straight through the wing, one of its wings, causing that wing to stop and just flap limp to the side. It almost does like a 360 turn, probably a 180 turn, and skids onto the artery that you're stood on. And as you go to fire a second shot, the quick motion of how it's shifted and swifted round causes the bolt to go over it and, and misses, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But Archimedes keeps pace with it and stays behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that the end of your turn? Yes. It is Armund's turn. Right. It's time to kill this fucking moth. Um, I'm poisoned, so I'll have to reckless attack to get flat rolls. Indeed. Um, and that is a 18 and a 25. They both hit. If, yep, they both hit. Sweet. Sweet. Very nice. Swish. Ooh. Okay. 16 points of slashing damage on the first one. And max damage for 18. On the second. Two massive shots as you leave into this creature. You just just go ham at it. You do not want it flying in the air, so you manage to hack both of its wings off as it nose dives into this platform that you're on. They're both of the moths are currently together in the same space. Not in the same space, but you know, that's 
One's taking up five foot, the other one's taking up the other five foot, but they're both completely blocking your weight and they're both prone. Would you land for an offhand bonus on arm strike? Go for it. Great. I'm just going to stomp on its head. Oh, hey. <laughs> uh, I, I got an over. I got a 19, so I got 20 it's something. prone, so you can see if you get a crit. Uh, unfortunately, I'm disadvantaged, so I'm. I'm just at this a flat is a very roll. good point. Okay. Um, ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba. Let me find out how much damage I do with an arm strike. Five points of damage. Uh, um, now, are you targeting the one that you've just chopped the wings off of, or would you like to target yeah, the one yeah. that really No, the one that I'm currently trying to kill. Okay. And you stomp on its head and you crush part of its head, not like one of it, you lose its full functionality of one of its eyes, and as you lift your foot, out of it, there is a, a foot imprint in its face. But it looks very nice. Still kicking, though. S still kicking, just. Little shit. Mm. At the end of your turn. Oh, that I'm is... raging. That's plus two. Sorry. It should have been seven. Okay. So. Does that mean it'll be plus two to the previous two attacks as well? No, I've already done that. I just forgot okay. for the last damage. Okay. So it looks even worse off than what it did before. It a stiff breeze will kill it that's all we ask for at the end of your turn just as your foot lifts out of this creature's mouth it is going to very quickly react and bite upwards towards you uh, it's going to make two attacks I've realised I need to roll physical dice for this or remembered I need to roll physical dice for this uh, you roll reckless wasn't it of advantage that is a 13 and a 5 so that is a 17 to hit 17 on hit okay that is that was one so that is three points of pierce of damage can you roll me a constitution saving throw please okay so three half is is that one yes round, round down why not one some argue round up, some argue round down. We'll just round down. The book says round down. Yeah, it's fine, round down then. If I, re if I recall, if I do recall correctly. Correctly. Yeah. Uh, only a an 11 for that's my constitution saving throw. Exactly you, you already poisoned, but that's exactly what you needed as this pulse of energy goes to go through your leg not your hand you feel and resist you feel your body go to seize up but you resist it if you'd failed that you'd have become paralyzed at the that's the end of that one's turn the other one is going to begin crawling towards rion and it's going to take a lunge at you and try and bite you Rude. Uh, that is a 11 to hit not. Second attack is going to be an uh, 18 to hit. Oh, it does. That is going to be well, hey, three points of piercing damage. And can you roll me a constitution saving throw? You're not poisoned, are you? Uh, yes. Con save. Boom. Boom. Sorry, 20. 30, 20. You're fine. You resist it again and then are able to pull your leg out of this, this creature's mouth. And that is the end of their turn. We move back to the top of the round, and it is Rion's turn. You have this one moth in front of you that is currently 
trying to get up on its feet as it's as it's just lunged at you doesn't look very healthy. There's also another one over where Amun is having just bit Amun's foot and also does not look very healthy. Cool. Uh, I am going to take a swing at the one that is uh, in front of me. Yep. Ah, balls. Uh, That's a nine. Uh, Unfortunately, that misses. Uh, And I will take another swing at it as my bonus. Archimedes is helping you. Yes, you get advantage on that first attack. So take Uh, the second roll. Well, that was the second roll, so... uh, The second roll, so that was a 16. That hits. Cool. what is it? It's uh, one of them. So that's 10 points of damage. How would you like to kill it? Oh, it's head off. Just I think as, um, if I can retcon a tiny bit what you what you said, it's it hasn't let go. I've it's as it's bitten uh, and done its three points of piercing damage before it can get its poison in, I just scimitar its head off. Uh, and then just kind of shake it off my leg. Yeah, you shake it off your leg, you notice the head goes to fall down into the chasm that's all around you, and the rest of the body just it sort of explode into mini tiny moths and will fly off. Nice. Uh, and you still have an attack. And uh, I will hand axe, I'm going to throw my hand axe at the other one. Okay, um, And that is... That's uh, uh, 13 to hit. 13 just misses as the axe just goes over the top of this moth's head and all goes over the edge. You think it's gone over the edge anyway? Um, Can I use my movement to move around, not getting too close to the, the one that's not dead yet? Uh, and seeing where my axe has gone. You run around to the side and you see your axe has gone over the edge, but it seems to have landed on nothing. It's just like there. Cool. I will will not go over the edge myself. Yet. (laughs) But it's so tempting. It's just there. Just waiting for it right there. Right there. And you hear coming from the face in the wall. Oh, that would have been interesting. Lovely. <laughs> no. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Is that the end of your turn? Yes. Yep. Okay, so Rody or Ak. One of these, you can take it. Take your turn now. Okay. I, I, I believe we ought to try and get to the the heart somewhat quicker. Uh, you can't see it, but there's a very large hand in the sky reaching towards it. I was quite happy when I didn't know that actually, but okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will. Uh, for my action, I am going to uh, toll the dead at the remaining moth. Could it please make a wisdom saving throw? It can. I don't think it's going to do Another bell gets well. drawn. That is a four. Oh, that does that does not succeed. I'm afraid. Uh, so that is a ooh, that's rubbish. Oh, great. That's a total of um, on two d twelve. That is a three necrotic damage. 
Okay. Um, and I guess I've got my um, my spiritual weapon. The quill is sat there waiting. Maybe now is its time. <laughs> Let's try. Let's see. Come on, little baby feather. <laughs> okay, there's a twenty-one to hit. That hits. Great. Finally, it does. <laughs> Roll the one on the damage dice. Uh, that's that's five force damage. Just kind of swoops down. <laughs> Tell us, Josh is the moth written off. Uh, it's not been erased just yet. <laughs> Yeah. Waiting to say that since I started casting spiritual weapon. Oh, I'm sorry. Stupid Sean. <laughs> Is that the end of your turn? Uh, I would like to try and get closer to the heart. Um, the offer of holding Rody's hand and leading him up to 30 feet in the direction of the heart is there, but I don't want to dictate what Rody does. No, that's perfectly fine. You attack into this moth with the bell's ring and the eye that had been stamped on sort of explodes a little bit more, a little bit more pus comes out of it and you, your quill then comes round fully inked up now and stabs into this moth almost killing it it's not quite dead yet um i'll tell you how many hit points it's on later but rody it's your turn mm. um i mean if we are being kind of led i do only have um 25 feet of movement and 20 if i hear moth wings which i'm presuming that i can been cut you off. don't currently because oh. they've been ripped off of the one that's still alive Grim, that's cool. Um, so I can move up to twenty-five feet, which I will. I will follow Ak. Um, and I think as as I kind of we we get a, a bit closer, um, Rody reaches a hand out and is trying to um, um, trying trying to kind of cast a spell again, just like calling on the universe to um, to uh, create a spell that um, might combat this. But he he accidentally casts the one spell that. Um, he he tries to forget, but he he can't since the traumatic event that has caused all of this. Um, I'm casting infestation, which is unfortunately going to take the form of more moths. Um, but that is a Constitution saving throw, please. From the moth, yeah. I'm going to assail the moth with more moths. <laughs> I'm fighting <laughs> moths with moth. Moth with moth. That is a five. That is not going to save. That is. How would you like to kill it? <laughs> oh. Um, so one hit point. Stupid <laughs> dice. Nice. Um, I think just a a tide of moths just kind of um, effervesce from the, the the air around Rody's hand and like just kind of flit past, and the moth just gets assailed by t- lots of tiny little moths. And much as the other ones kind of broke apart into moths, kind of every, every moth that hits, there's two moths fly off until there's nothing. The the foot, well, no, because your foot isn't in it, but as you've lifted your foot out on one, you watch as it all just turns into moths around you. This large hand has begun to reach forward and is pretty much now 
the tips of the fingers are now around the heart and you can see the shadows of more moths beginning to come towards your position. You can't quite hear their wing beats yet, so you're not affected by that at the minute, Rody. but what would you all like to do as you exit combat? I would like to cast Aura of Vitality on myself, if that's all right. And then every six seconds, we'll do another 2d6 healing to the next person that needs it. Uh, so I don't know how many sets of six seconds we have before something else happens, but... Uh... If you were to move normally, uh, 30 feet, 25 to 30 feet that you can, you'd get another two rounds in before you get to the door, if that, to, to the heart, if that's where you're running to. Uh, or you can just dash and get through it. Um, Rion would take out a rope and tie a quick little lasso and try and fish their axe back first. Make a attack with dexterity. You can use proficiency. Just if that makes it easier. Uh, yep, that's. I mean, my attacks are with dex anyway, so yeah, that's uh, 24. 24, yep, so you wrap it around the axe, pull it back, and it flies back into your hand. Great, cool. I would then, yeah, I guess if I'm following everybody else, if everybody else is heading for the door, being led by Anne, I think. What, what, what do we think? Run or run quicker? Run I'm following quicker. you. As as they run past you, I think. <laughs> <laughs> go, uh, go, as, go! As, as they do, Rion will get nine points of healing. Oh, thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay, so you all run and make your way to the door of the heart as this large hand wraps itself around it and begins to lift it off of the ground. Rody, uh, being the slowest, you, you just manage to get to the heart as it's lifted off and you jump up and everybody grabs you and pulls you into the door. And the last thing you see of this particular room is a large eye looking through the crack and a very familiar olden gnomish face as this heart has been pulled out of a chest, out of a chest cavity. But you go into the next room and I didn't, that, there we go. I didn't is have it, my notes. Is it an done. atrium? It's not an atrium. <laughs> but you will do fall through the door and instantly find yourselves wet and rocking. The sound of Scarlet. You've broken Scarlet. (laughs) Bonk. The sound of music is playing, but but it is also accompanied by the sound of thunder. You each notice that you are on the deck of a ship in the middle of a furious storm. Faceless crew members can be seen running about trying to secure the masts or getting to safety. You notice Dr. Whipplestitch is standing at the front of the ship looking out across the waves. Can you make me an intelligence saving throw, please, Act? Uh, 
can see. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I can. Maybe. A 13. Okay. Well, you see the doctor there. What What would you like to do? The ship is rocking and swaying. The doctor does, doesn't seem to be doing anything like what the crew are doing. She's just stood there. Uh, I think Ak is looking very confused. Like, they, they're, they're sort of glancing at Amun to see if Amun is looking scared. Um, yeah. Amun looks, like, fine. Um, just his teeth are kind of, like, sinking back in, and then he just sort of resumes his normal kind of face. Uh, will sort of like the the feathers on Ak will sort of bristle a little bit, and they'll sort of hunch and sort of look around. And Doctor Whipplestitch, Doctor Whipplestitch, and we'll, as you we'll try sort of to call out to the doctor, nothing comes out. You're unable to form words, and you try to do some of your sound mimics. You can't even do that. The Doctor turns to look at you with a big smile on her face as the ship takes a deep dive into a wave. Can everybody make me a dexterity saving throw, please? Ah, am I still poisoned? No, you're not. You've found that as Great. you've gone through the threshold, you're no longer poisoned. I have advantage, though. I have oh. rolled a natural 20 for a 21. Awesome, 21. Eight. Eight, okay. Thirteen. Thirteen. Twenty. Twenty, okay. Uh, what did you roll, like? Eight. Eight. Okay, so for Amun and Zana, you both are able to grab onto some of the roping that's on the side of the ship before it begins its nose dive. For the rest of you, you all roll, so lose your foot in and slide down towards where Dr. Whipplestitch is, who hasn't moved, even though it's the ship has gone into a complete nose dive, they're still stood upright. You go to grab onto things, and it takes you a little while before you actually do find purchase on the sides of the ship. Ak, you turn to look at where Dr. Whipple Stitch is, and she's now gone. A wave having just rest over the top of the ship. Would, uh, would it be any noise, or do you think Ak would start crowing? That's up to you. What do you think? I think I think they're trying to say like help, but all that's coming out is ah! Yeah. That's all any of you can hear looking towards Ak for to see if they're okay is just the sounds of crow hawks. And no Doctor Whipple stitch in sight. The ship, as it's gone into the deep nosedive, you know what happens when a ship goes into a deep nosedive? A big wave has come in, so it's now going to go up 
vertically in order to get over the rest of the wave. You're now all gripped onto various different things, but in order to stay gripped on, you're going to need to make a strength saving throw, please. Uh -oh. There. 17. <laughs> Eleven. Eight. Fourteen. I rolled a two, so it's not a natural one, but I have a minus one, so it's a one. <laughs> Anybody that rolled <laughs> under a fifteen, yeah, shit. you find that you can't hold on to the ship with the way that it's rocking, the way that the waves are crashing over the edges, the way that the storm is <clears throat> echoing across the sky, you let go or are forced to let go and you fall into the sea itself as the ship carries on and disappears over the wave. Those of you that passed are still on the ship. It is still being rocked by waves, but those of you who failed are currently in the water. Ack. You try to call out and again, just the crow noises come out. It's got more and more frantic through that big cresting the wave. So wait, sorry, who who's still on the ship? Nope. Is it just Rion? Just me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm the only one left in the ship. Okay, shit. Can I see anyone? Are they like gone nope. they're they're gone they're they're back okay. down a large wave that's just happened you do notice though rion that the way that would lead to the below deck part there's a strange light lighting up from it that you feel shouldn't be there okay and is there is there a face in the sky still there is a face in the sky yet the large thundering clouds there is a large grinning face of the faceless face of the conductor um, when i say faceless there's no like distinguishable features on their face right um probably shout at them a bit just a kind of like what what's the bloody point of all this what are you yeah i'd have a rant for a bit little rayon shouts at sky Mm. Sky chooses to not answer you. <laughs> Those of us who are in the water, um, how near are we to each other, or have we just been kind of completely splayed apart? You can see each other, but there is a bit of a distance between you. I'd say there's probably 15 to 20 feet between each of you in the water. Could I start swimming towards Ak? You can, yeah. I will I swim once... towards someone as well. We're all going to swim I'm, at each other. <laughs> once I've reached Ak, I'll be like, um, I'll just say, I'll just say, um, I can't understand you, but I feel like at some point this will have to end. And it's just like the war is just laughing in his face. <laughs> As you're all sw swimming towards each other and trying to hold yourselves up, as it were. Can you all make constitution, other than Rion, all make constitution saving throws. Those of you that are wearing armor, roll with disadvantage. Is that shit heavy? 
Am I wearing? Eighteen. I'm not wearing armor, but I do have my Mizium apparatus, which is apparently only eight pounds. So I don't know. Still, be considered quite heavy in water. I would at least. Okay, it's disadvantage then. But disadvantage to um, any armor, including leather. Yes. Natural one for me. Oh no. No. Uh, Through through all of this, Ak has been sort of panicking and only just floundering to keep afloat. Like they clearly are not competent swimmer at all. Um but will sort of grab onto Amun as he's got closer, but they're they're holding on to the quill around their neck, like for dear life. Um, with disadvantage, I still rolled a 19 on a con save, though. Wow. I rolled a nat 20. Five. Seeing, seeing that, like, Axe may be panicking a little bit, I'm going to just sort of say, like, the key to swimming is to relax, just breathe, float, rather than expend your energy. It'll be fine. We'll get through this together. Come on, breathe with me. And just we'll start, like, deep breathing with Axe. As you reassure Ak and go to look around, both Rodi and Zana have disappeared. Oh shit! <laughs> we'll start panicking again. <laughs> All right, just remember this isn't real. Just keep breathing. This isn't real. This isn't real. Keep breathing. As a bit more time goes by, can you both make another Constitution saving throw to stay up? Disadvantage if you're wearing armor. Wait. It's only yeah. a 10 this time. That's still a 15 with disadvantage. Okay, so as Amun keeps giving you this prep, uh, prep, pep, pep talk and keeps reassuring you that everything's going to be okay, a wave washes over the pair of you and as you... Get the water out of your eyes. Armin is gone, and you are on your own. Ah! <laughs> it's just, just splashing and panicking and coring. And well, um, I don't think because I'm using the um, the quill as a focus. I don't need. Do I still need both verbal uh, components for a spell, or is the the Verbal and material? Do I need to have one component? Um, I think... You know, you, yeah, you, you just don't need the material components. You can use... As long as it hasn't got a monetary value, you can use yeah. the focus. But so I still, still need, need to do a verbal. Hands and, yeah. Okay. Then I won't cast light on myself. Um, no, they'll just hold on to the quill and, and panic and probably... Yeah, just try and focus on what Amun was saying and keep kicking and trying to remember that it's not real. And I think eventually, over time, with this advantage on the concept. We're going to keep rolling these concepts, Josh. We can. I mean, go on then. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How many times does it take? Okay, well, that one was an eight. Okay, so. (laughs) Uh, it takes one more time. You kick and kick and kick 
and kick to the point where your body begins to feel utterly exhausted. If we were, if I was cruel enough to do exhaustion, you'd probably be at five levels or something by this point. But I'm not that cruel. But your body eventually gives and you sink below the waves, the dark black ickiness of the water around you just fills the space that you're in. However, you don't feel that sensation that you would if you were underwater. You just sink and sink and sink, endlessly sinking to the top of the water, disappearing sorry, the surface of the water begins to disappear and everything just becomes complete and utter blackness. Can you make me a wisdom saving through, please? Sure. Oh, you kidding me? That rolled from 11 to a 9. That's still 16. Okay. Even though you're in this complete and utter darkness. The words of Amon ring in your ears. This is just an illusion. This is not real. And although you feel the crack on the side of your head begin to grow, it seems that it doesn't grow as much as what it did with what you've seen with Zana and what you've seen with Rion. And what you send with Rody. Rion on the ship shouting explicit at the large yeah, cloud in the sky. Full on temper tantrum. <laughs> um, screaming at the sky. The bright light from the underdeck grows brighter. And you can see that the cloud is smiling. Deeply. Cool. Yeah, I think that, yeah, there's lots of stamping the feet, who the fuck do you think you are, kind of chat. Um, and then, yeah, we'll eventually go down into the, the glowing, glowing door way. You walk into the glowing door, and you would think you would walk into something rather bright. You do not. You walk into complete and utter darkness. And there is an element of oldness to the area that you're in. Take a few steps forward and you kick something or walk into something that is on the floor. Laying on the floor is Rody, Zana. Armin and Ak. You don't walk into each of them. I mean, you can if you want to, but you can just walk <laughs> into one of them. Uh, who? Well, whoever the first one is, you said Rory. So um, yeah. I'll lean down and kind of shake him. Oh, you, are you all right? I thought I drowned. So did I. So we're dead then. How did you die? No, I just came through a doorway in the ship. Did you go towards the light? 
We're dead. Mm, well, yeah. <laughs> Have we been dead for all of this? That would that would maybe make sense. I don't think we're dead, guys. Are you sure? You've been dead before. Apparently. Hello. 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 Am I saying words? You are saying words. Oh, thank goodness. I apologize, everyone. What? Well, that was particularly unpleasant. You know what that creepy face is doing to all of us? It wasn't your fault, darling. I wouldn't feel that bad uh, because if I'm doing the math correctly, you're all about to be in my worst nightmare, which I think is going to be a little bit more dangerous. Oh. Why is that? Because I am my worst nightmare. And then he's going to pull out like a little totem and just doing his little prayer again. Um, you probably can hear it this time because he's not bothering to hide it from you. And it's all about being subject to fate and accepting your fate and accepting who you are. Um, any source asks that maybe fate bless them this time but understands if it's not the right time and then after like about a minute or so of that he'll put it away and be like okay so where do we go the odd thing that you instantly feel when you do that is there's normally a resistance from within something that wants to be let out to be allowed to wreak havoc. It's not there. Ak, your passive perception is very high, isn't it? 22. You can feel that there is a presence in this dark space. Something is shifting around in the darkness itself. Now that I have my uh, vocal capabilities back, I will uh, mutter under my breath and pull out a, a little tchotchke from my bag and cast light on it and try and shine it into the corners. You try, you cast the light, you shine it into the corners. The creature that is within the shadows is just quick enough to evade the light, but you do catch glimpses of it. An arm, a leg, a hand. It's definitely humanoid. But it's moving around and avoiding the light. And it is growing ever colder in this room. Could everybody roll me initiative, please? Yeah. <laughs> Eleven. Twenty-seven. Seven. <laughs> that was so aggressive. I was trying to figure out who you said that. 
sounded like uh, Les Dawson there. That was a seven, that was... That wasn't Les Dawson. What did you roll, I mean? I rolled 15. 15. And Rion, was that a 20 you rolled, or was it high? 23. 23, okay. Uh, before, 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 we, before we do combat, oh gracious DM, um, yes. but would you uh, would you accept an argument that there was enough time before Act truly started panicking for me to ping off the remaining aura of vitality so everyone would be up to full health? Um, I can do you one better because I should have been doing it throughout and I haven't. You can act as if you've had a long rest. Oh. Ah. Oh, that's that's even better. Lovely. I'll take it was, that. It was, it was in my notes that you should have had a long rest between each of the rooms, and I oh. forgot. Well, that, that's my been playing on hard mode. And I have been, I've yeah. been being mm-hmm. so conservative. Firing off fireballs all day. I can't remember how to do it now. How to ping off fireballs all day. Uh, mostly with the Mizium apparatus. Oh, okay. But it's fine, because if I misfire, one of the options is fireball anyway. Hmm. Okay, so at the top of the round, we have Rion. You can't see anything. You can't feel the presence of anything. No, sorry. You can't see anything, but you can feel that there is a presence, a very evil presence around somewhere. And it's it's dark all around us, or it's dark, like, it's dark, dark all around you. Uh, dark vision does not work. Mm. I mean, I want to try and hide in the darkness. Okay, okay. make a stealth check. Oh, 18. 18, okay. You move into the darkness and seemingly hide. I mean, I guess I want to kind of scout around. Like, if I can feel there's some some presence around that I can't see, I want to hide stealthily and, yeah, scout around to try and see yeah. what I can find. So, so you move around. The, the forebodance of evil is all around, but you feel that you've hidden to the point where you're able to maybe pick out a position that it might be in. You can't see anything. One thing you definitely have noticed, all of you would have noticed this, is that there is no face in the sky. There is no visible visage of the conductor anywhere. Okay. At the end of your turn, as you hide in the darkness, the evil all around you, Rion. The, you Sorry. get this... I've hidden as my bonus action. Can I just hold an action to take a swing at any... anything I see that's not one of us? You can indeed. Uh, and as you hold your action and you feel this enormous presence behind you, you can make an attack roll. Cool. Mm, 20... Yes, 21. 21, that's going to hit. 
Um, and that one. Ah, oh, rubbish. Um, that's only five. Do I get? Do I get my? Uh, well, do I get advantage for being hidden? Am I hidden from this thing? Uh, you rolled an eighteen in your stealth check, didn't you? Yes. Then yes, you are hidden from it. Oh. In terms of rooms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean that that makes it a, a twenty-five to hit, but it was, still wasn't an at twenty. Um, so that was five, and then I get an extra. So that makes it a nine points of damage. Nine points of damage in total. So that takes two. That's much. Okay. So you turn around and slash out towards this creature, cutting across a bare chest. And from what you can just about see within the five, with it within being within five feet of it, the wound itself begins to knit itself back together, leaving a very light cut there. And you can see wearing very familiar clothing, as little of it as there is, slightly bulkier with two with a set of bat-like wings sticking out of his back holding a much larger version of the adachi that you've seen Amun wield is Amun looking at you dark red eyes and large fangs sticking out of his mouth as he's going to attack you so the first attack is going to be with the Adachi, which is going to be a 14 to hit. Does not hit. And the second is going to be an unarmed strike, which is going to be a 21 to hit. Yeah, that hits. So instead of doing damage, he grabs you with his be- with his offhand round the scruff of your neck and lifts you up and then takes a step forward into the light. The rest of you now see... Rion in Armun's hands, although Armun is also stood with you, but this Armun is much larger, much more imposing. Armun, yourself, I'm going to need you to roll me a wisdom saving throw, please. To see if you are frightened of yourself. A 19. You are not frightened of yourself as this creature just holds Rion up by the throat. Ah, little me, is it? No. I will be released. You are a cheap illusion. I'm much scarier than you. And then I'll pull the sword out. (laughs) Nice. At the end of his turn, that makes it... Axe turn. No, it makes it Armin's turn. Great. Um, All the emotions there. Bonus action rage, and my fangs will come out. The eyes will go red. And I guess to an extent, I think it is scarier because of his normal demeanor. He's normally quite nice and charming, and then it turns into this horrible monster. And I just launch myself at this thing. I'm just going to attack it twice with the old greatsword. Go ahead, make your attack rolls. Okay, I'm going to recklessly attack it, because fuck this piece of shit. Okay, that's a 16 plus 7 for a 21. That hits. And a 19 plus 7 for a 26. That also hits. Great stuff. 
10 for the first attack and 12 for the second. So 22 points in total. That's me all done. But yeah, just launching at it, just hacking away at its chest because it's so big. I accidentally added way too many zeros on the end of that. <laughs> on, the, on the end of itself. Killed it. <laughs> hey! <laughs> you take the slash attacks at this creature. It moves like you do, whereas you would use your greatsword with two hands. He's using the greatsword with one hand. But you're just quick enough to get past his guard and slash into his ribs, spin the blade around and cut up under his armpit, causing him to go, causing him to wince and buckle downwards a little bit. You watch Ah. as the wounds begin to stitch themselves back together, but he still has Rion in a firm grip in his hand. I was going to say, this is the most Elden ring thing we've done. (laughs) Literally fighting a horrible, grotesque version of myself, and I've just staggered it. (laughs) Yeah. It now does double damage. At the end of your turn, it is Rody's turn. Ooh, heck. Um, Before Rody takes his turn. Not my turn. Uh, no, no, yes, no, sorry, it would be Axe's turn. Axe's turn, sorry, my fault. Uh, brain. Um, it's because we've been on par the whole combat. Yeah, yeah, I've been fairly, fairly close to each other. But before your turn, Axe, the evil Armun will look Armun in the eyes and will just pull Rion in and just sink his teeth into Rion's neck, doing a bite attack. That is a 22 to hit you, Rion. I'm going to silvery barbs that bitch. <laughs> get off, get off! And I'm like, smacking no. him in the face. <laughs> that is a 19 to hit. Oh, uh, yeah, it still is. Okay, you're going to take nine points of piercing damage and 13 points of necrotic damage, and your hit point maximum is reduced by the 13. That's so much better than the dampers by attack. And his. It's not me. Watch, That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you watch as his wounds heal up even more as he seems to have sucked the life out of Rion. So it was 13 off, and how much? What was 13 and 9, so 22 in total. That would half kill me. I should actually restate that he actually looks perfectly healthy. Well, she. Uh, and Aki is your turn. Huh? Sure. Um. Oh, do I? Do I? Do I try? Do I try? I'm a bit concerned. The Amun is right there as well. Uh, okay. Uh, we'll start off with the the classic bonus action spiritual weapon. The quill comes back out. Come on, little quilly. <laughs> My own quilly. <laughs> that's, a, that's a 26 to hit. 26 hits. And and it's going to do... Yeah. Uh, so the <laughs> the spectral quill is appears, and I would like it to... It, like, tries to fly through, and uh, it essentially, like, as uh, evil Amun has gone in for a bite attack, it kind of flies in and tries to boop him on the nose. 
to to try and get in between him and and Rion. Uh, but obviously he's managed to bite first. Um, but to the tune of six damage. Uh, force damage. And then I'm going to try and turn undead. Okie dokie. What do I need to roll for turn undead? Uh, a wisdom save. Oh. Um, I guess a mon might need to as well. No? No? Not, Not undead. Dump here. 26. It's okay then. <laughs> as you uh, as you call to Ogmar to turn undead on this evil version of a moon, it does nothing. It shrugs it off and laughs. And tries to swat away the fly that is your quill. Well done, Quilly. You got it this time. At the end of your turn, he's going to use his last legendary action for this turn to take a swipe at you, Ak, for proving to be an annoyance. Rude. That is a 23 to hit. That does hit, yes. That will be 13 points of slashing damage and 6 points of necrotic damage. Ow. As you can see, the Odachi, which is identical to the one that Amun is wielding, is completely caked in a necrotic, fiery energy that as it falls, as it slashes into you, the wound that it causes pulls your life force out of it and into the blade, causing the blade to glow more. Great. And evil Armun will just look to good Armun, I'm going to say that name a lot, and just go, this is the power that we can wield together if you let me take control. Armun's raging. He's, he's just just on top of, like, like sort of like on top of him, just like, it's <laughs> going to keep going, keep attacking. Will you please clarify, does evil Amun have an evil moustache? <laughs> At this moment, the moment, I would say that he does now because of He just of has a goatee. Quill. Like, just a black goatee. <laughs> he just had this bit to start off with, but now that the quills attacked him, he's now got the rest of it. <laughs> At the end of Axe turn, it's Rody's turn. Okay. Um, I again the the apparatus kind of whirs into life and um, will start to kind of the, the gyroscope is going and like the little mi- microscope has got like uh, several different lenses that are as he's um, trying to kind of concoct this spell. Um, the the magnifying glass kind of splits off and is going to aim. Um, Two, two beads at both Rion and Amun-Ra as I am going to attempt with my Mizium apparatus to twin cast enlarge on both of you um, which is a second level spell so that'll be a, an arcana roll of 14 which I make so uh, yes uh, you will both um, grow in size and you have the uh, plus is it a D4? I should have had it open. 
Plus one D4 to attack rolls. Uh, yes, an extra D4 to um, attack rolls, and I believe you, yeah, you, your size increases, so which I'm hoping is going to make Rion large enough to break out of the hand as well. Yeah, no, that that's more than what happens yet. Well, hang on, my English just went out the window there. Yes, that is what happens as you cast it, and as Rion grows in size, Armand's hand cannot grip around the neck, and the grip is broken. You are free. For the moment. Uh, cool. And uh, I am still not going to do anything with my bonus action, so that's my turn. Thank you, Doki. At the end of your turn, Rody, that is going to make it Miss Zana's turn. Okay. Bonus action. I'm sending Archie behind Scarymon. <clears throat> To not that? assist me, but the <laughs> mustache slash goatee beard. I'm in. <laughs> and I'm going to cast aid on um Ak, uh, Rion, and Rody. Uh, boost us up if the uh, scary vampy man is going to go for the squishies. How many? Okay. Is, you, get, you get five. Uh, I, got, I have got the. Yeah, yeah. I've got the description of my fingies. Uh, you get uh, a plus five uh, maximum hit points and uh, five to your current hit points. For eight hours. Cool. It'll. Father assist. So. Archimedes flies behind evil, scary mm-hmm. Armin, and you cast aid on your comrades. At the end of your turn, it goes back to the top of the round, and it is Rion's turn. Cool. Uh, so now that I've got my reaction back, um, I think, yeah, I was thinking earlier, like, in the earlier combats, Rion was needing a long rest and so couldn't rage when got hurt. Uh, now having long rested and with the enlarged sort of kick kick starting it as well, uh, the the rage they turn into big ogre thing uh, and will take a couple of swings uh, at uh, at evil evil Amun. Uh, so the first is an 18 to hit. 18 is exactly what you need to hit. Yes. Second one uh, doesn't hit. Um, do, 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 do. So first one, scimitar. It's uh, uh, 11? 11? Hang on, sorry. Mm-hmm. That's 10 points of damage. Uh, I am going to... What's what's the kind of... Where is everybody currently around hit this guy? It would be uh, it would be a case of you and Armin are in this creature's face with Zana, Ak, and Rhodey being slightly further back. Ak would probably be a little bit closer than Armin, than uh, Rhodey and... Zana, but not by much. Yeah. Cool. 
Um, I I get to add a d6 from a sneak attack because there's other people. That's only another one point of damage. Um, Eleven, and so then I get to add in one of my what's the things called? One of my bardic inspirations as a uh, I will use a slashing flourish. Uh, which means I get to roll another d6, and that's another six. So all in, that was 17 points of damage. She calls these strikes against this creature, and various different cuts appear on his body. They begin to sew themselves back together, leaving very superstitious wounds. He's taking some damage. Superstitious or superficial? Superficial. They are they are also superstitious wounds. Oh very superstitious. They're god fairing. Yeah. Uh cool, that's me. Awesome. So at the end of your turn, it is evil scary mustachio Armand's turn. You watch as the wounds sort of glow and heal and his muscles flex out of it as he heals some hit points. He then sees you, Rody, and sees what you've just done to both Armin and Rion, and he just charges forward. Both of you will get attacks of opportunity as he goes towards Rody. Can I aim for his sword arm? I want to... Basically, I want to chop his hand off and take that sword and shove it up his ass. Um... That's that the action, mm-hmm. or is that a bonus action as well? <laughs> you know, at the moment, I've only got a reaction to play with, so it'll be whatever the DM says it is. I mean, let's go for the trying to cut the hand off first, yes. and then you can do the shoving the big sword up his ass as your turn, perhaps. I'd like to shout to everyone, um, he's a vampire, anything radiant. And I got a 19 to hit. 19 hits. Wee. 12. 17 points of damage, please. Nice. That is going to be... There we go. So as as he almost lunges forward towards Rody, his hand that he had gripped that you had um, Rion gripped with extending forward. You turn it and slice down, cutting, getting him across where his ribcage area is, causing blood to just splatter across the floor. The difference with this blood splatter is it doesn't pick up on your senses. It's not tasty to you. But he goes, carry on going forward. And Rion, did you roll? Uh, yeah, I got uh, the 15. 15, so as you go to attack, you just your reflexes just aren't quite quick enough to pick up with this Ummund's reflexes as he goes for an unarmed strike against our good friend Rody for a 14 to hit. Um, I'm going to Silvery Barbs. Oh. So 16 to hit. Sorry, I just realised I forgot to add my rage bonus last time, so it would have been another two points. It's fine, I can do that. Thanks. 
Um, yeah, a, a, a higher roll is still going to hit me. Okay, so who um, would you like to give the advantage to? I'm going to take it because I'm just about to do a constitution, a concentration check. Well, you take no damage from that as he's going to as he's going to choose to grapple you instead. As he lifts you off the ground, he looks, he turns you towards Armon, looks at him, and then sinks his teeth into you. That is a 23 to hit you. Yeah, that'll get me. <laughs> Six points of piercing damage and nine points of necrotic damage. The nine points will reduce your total hit point maximum. Okay, nine that will take me down and I'll make my constitution, uh, concentration roll with with advantage still, yeah? Yes, so uh, DC 10 because you took 15 damage in total. <laughs> well, with advantage, that was an eight. So I'm afraid you both shrink again. So like Super Mario, you both go boo, 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 and shrink back down to normal size. And losing five, that gets rid of my aid. So I'm back down to... Wait, it was five? No, it was eight. Takes me below that. So, and you watch as this vampire's wounds begin to heal up as well from the necrotic damage that you have taken at the end of his turn that makes it Armun's turn great I'm going to stab him twice again I'm trying to chop off his arm because I want that sword so I'm just hacking at his sword arm Um, first attack is a natural 20 okay Uh, second attack is a 17 which I think misses 17 will miss the natural 20 will hit now because it's a natural 20 you could in this instance because you've basically called it a cold shot you could either do double the damage or you can choose to disarm him I'll disarm the cut <laughs> okay so you slice down on his hand you cut the tendons in the wrist the hand itself doesn't come off but it does dig deep enough to the point where instinctively his hands, his hand lets go of the blade and the blade clatters to the floor. He now has two hands available. I, I want to pick that blade up, though. Is that possible to do on my turn? Yeah, you can go to pick that blade up if you want. Would I have been able to use my second attack with that sword? Yeah, yeah. I, I like any... to say that when you go to change weapons that you can do that as part of your action. I feel like he just I feel like he just throw his blade to the side and like spin round, doing like a nice flip, landing on that sword and picking up, like I'm gonna fucking get you now. Um is yeah, would I is there any is it better? Is it a better so sword? It, it it does two D six damage, like your greatsword does, but it also does two D eight necrotic damage. Okay, so it's not got any pluses to it. And heals you the necrotic damage that you take. At what cost? At what cost is the question? We'll see. It's all a dream anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Or does it dead? Or is it there's no conductor here? Can I use my bonus action to uh, bite him? You can, yeah. Uh, You still need to make your attack first with the new sword that you've acquired. So yeah, you can do that. Oh, okay, great. Uh, uh, 
I rolled worse. I rolled two. Oh no, that was a three. But an eight and a three for a fifteen. I want to say. So you do you cool fancy spinning around, grab the blade and try to attack into him. You he just moves out of the way and you cut some of his hair off. As you land on the floor, you then go to bite at him. Making me a bite roll. That's better. A bite roll. A bite roll. <laughs> a bite roll, please. Uh, it is a. 20, yeah, I definitely hit with a 24. That hits. Because it's my offhand, I have to minus that damage. It's only a d4 of damage. Which is three points of piercing damage. And then I'll add that to my next attack roll when it comes around. Okay, so you do that. You land, you finish biting him, and you land on the floor. You notice like that think the bite looks like a headbutt. And then when you when when he like comes away, he's just got a bit of flesh in his mouth. That he spits little, out a little bit of flesh hanging off the way you didn't quite fully rip all of it off. And you look over to where your old Adachi was. You've just discarded, and it is not there. That's the end of your turn. It would be Axe's turn next. However, our vampire friend is going to take another bite out of Rody. No way. No. Don't do it. That is going to, that's going to be a 15 to hit. Um quick quick rules thing. Um we've had the effects of a long rest. Does that also um get rid of my mage armor or is my mage armor still up? You can could have cast it again if you wanted. Would I have would I, I, I have noticed sp- I that it wasn't of, there? I s- yeah, you would have, yeah. I sort of sprung it on you that you had a long rest. It should have been throughout every room, but that's my fault. So okay. yes, I will allow you to have cast Mage Armor again. Uh, well, it's 13 it's plus fair. my dex, which is, I think, 14. So yeah, it still hits me anyway. Okay, so you take 7 points of piercing damage and 10 points of necrotic damage, and your hit point t- total is reduced by 10. Okay. Five total hit points max now. Mm-hmm. And you watch as he heals. What was my my hit points went down by eight? What did I take on top of that before as well? Do you remember? Uh, I can certainly find it. That was uh, your hit points went down by nine, and you took six points of damage. No, sorry, that was against um. Uh, no, that was against you. Yeah. yeah. So that is yeah, that was fifteen in total. I am on not much. Is that hit points left or maximum? That's my that's my hit points left. My maximum is lower than it started, but not that low. Okay. I'm not looking well. It is Axe's oh. turn. You can see that Ro- Rody in the arms of this vampire that wears the face of Amon is looking very, very ill at the moment as all of the colour is now drained out of his face. Maybe some of the life force caused the skin is left is caused the skin to sort of tighten around the bones that are left. Uh, I will just say, hold on, rhododendron, and uh, we'll try and scurry round behind. Like I know the uh, evil Amun is holding 
Brody up still, right? So I'm going to try and scooch around the other side and uh, grab hold of Rody's hand, um, and you'll just get a blue. Gl- Am I able to grab his hand? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Hanging down, I'm assuming. <laughs> we'll grab your hand, and I'm going to cast uh, cure wounds at uh, a third level because I have damage. the spell slots back. Well, that's, that's that's pretty good. That's 19 hit points. Nice. I mean, that is my current hit point maximum, so thank you. Boom. <laughs> Great. With aid. Oh, lordy. <laughs> uh, what does aid do? Increases your um, max um, by... Your, it's your spellcasting mod. That's uh, cool. I didn't know that. Mm. Yeah, it's not concentration either, is it? Nope. It's not right. 10 HP, so it stacks. Spectral quill. Old quilly is going to turn around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming a 12 misses. And That's it just 12 flies misses. past, past the head. Pickles. It just goes just to draw a set head. of spectacles <laughs> on him and misses. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, quilly. Is that the end of your turn? The end of my turn. Okay. At the end of your turn, this vampire looks down towards you, pesky little bird, and is going to go for an unarmed strike against you. I, I am not here. Pay no attention to the Kenku in the corner. <laughs> I clicked the wrong unarmed strike. Where is it? There it is. 26 to hit. Oh. Hit. Grabs you. And picks you up, so he's holding both of you by the, by the necks at the moment. Uh, at the end of Axe's turn, that is Rody's turn. Rody, you're currently grappled. You can attempt to break the grapple, but it will take your action to do so. Mm. Um, Still able to cast spells. Anything with an attack roll will be with disadvantage. Um, I've clocked that Axe has been captured and I don't want Ak to be hurt so I'm going to um, use Vortex Warp on Ak to send you away from the fight um, you can either make a constitution saving throw or you could, which you can choose to fail here's the thing, if you pass it then I can't do it um, I thought you were going to give me another option there. I was like, oh, what's what's the secret third option? No, I, I will fail a constitution saving throw. That's fine. Please do. Uh, yes, you and you teleport to um, an unoccupied space of my choice. So somewhere um, a decent amount of space away so that I, I think I, I would know how far you can generally move like a, we fought together, I guess. So yeah, you, if you, know, you wish to has a, a, a distinctly average walking pace. Yeah, if if you wish if you wish to to run back in, then I'm going to give you that option. But yeah, far enough away that you're not easily accessible either. Many thanks. It's okay. Um, that's it to my turn. Esky spellcasters. Oh, actually, bonus action. I'm going to turn um, a spell slot into sorcery points. Get my two sorcery points back. Zana. Yep. Freaking, freaking, freaking ready. Bonus action. I want to cast Branding Smite. 
Okay. Could that makes it radiant damage on my crossbow. Just <laughs> uh, helps with damage. Okay. So I shall do my first attack. Oh, why? Oh, that's a seven. <laughs> oh. Seven, seven misses. It hits him, but it shatters on his pectoral. Mm. It's just that. firm pecs. Oh! He flexes at the right moment and just causes the bolt to shatter. Mm. To be hot, a evil <laughs> Was that an 18? 14. 14. The evil ones things. are always hot. <laughs> right? Shoot, shoots again. And again, he just flexes the other pectoral oh. and it just shatters off of it. And then who could be frightened of this? You know, <laughs> oh. <laughs> deflecting crossbow bolts with his pecs. <laughs> you would if you could too. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Still got ready and damage going because that lasts for uh, up to a minute, so that's still going. Well, I don't hit nothing, so... <laughs> so, at the end of your turn, that moves back to the top of the round. It's Rion's turn. Oh, You're no longer large. I'm no longer large, um, mechanically, but I am still quite large because I'm in my raging ogre state. Oh. Still in um, charge. No, no longer large, but somehow in charge. With a big rage. <laughs> I want to, I, I, I guess, grapple it, grapple him. Um, just a bit of a, yeah, animalistic ogre roar, scream, and I'm going to run at it. And I, I would like to, I want to do it, try and grab from behind him and sort of pin his arms um, in such a way that he cannot bite me. Okay. Make make an attack roll. Headlock. Not twenty. Not twenty. You get your arms around and get him into the lock, causing him to not be able to turn his head round to bite you. He is still able to pull Rody up if he wants a snack, but he can't get round to get you. Rody is the only thing that he can get to. Cool. Um, what can I do with my bonus actions? Uh, yeah, not much. Um, yeah, that'll do for now. As a legendary action, he is going to take another bite out of Rody. Spare. Tw- 24 to hit. That'll hit. Seven points of piercing damage and 13 points of necrotic damage. Sorry, how much? I think you're down. <laughs> I think I'm down. Um, how much of that was me um, reducing my hit points? 13. Oof. I'm on max of six. Mm. And I'm down. Oh, can I silvery barf that now? I've got my reaction back. You can indeed. 19 to hit. Yeah, that still hits. But wait, fourteen. No, even a shield won't won't save me. Um, 
Yeah, I'm down. You watch as he sucks the life force out of Rody. The Rody's form becomes gaunt and almost lifeless as he falls unconscious. At the end of that, it is now his turn and he just carries on sucking. He does suck. He sucks. So that was a natural 20 on the hit. Obviously, that would be uh, death saving throws. That'd be two death saving throws on that. I was going to say it's an automatic crit anyway, isn't it? If um, yeah. I'm prone. So it's a bit of a, bit of a waste. Two failures. And as you're the only thing that he can attack because Rion's got him grappled in a way that he can't do anything else, he's going to attack again. Or a 16 to hit. Yeah. I mean, Rion is screaming and kind of shaking at him, trying to get him off, but also not wanting to let him free. So as, as Rhodey dies, because this wasn't death by the vampiric necrotic damage, you won't come back as a vampire spawn. Instead, your form, your life force is drawn out of you and into this creature, and your body just turns to dust. I guess there's, there's just like a little mechanical heart, just kind of the only thing left and just drop. Yeah, just here. I'm going to do the 15 to 1 thing. That's my sw- light switch. That's not cool. No. <laughs> uh, at the end of his turn, that makes it Ak's turn. Ak? Isn't it my turn? Isn't it? Yeah, I think it's Sorry, yes, a moon's turn, sorry. Yeah, because I'm pretty pissed. So, uh, I think seeing the heart drop, I'm going to just shove this sword into its ribs. Do uh, not see the power that we could wield together. These pathetic I mortals are nothing. A 19. <laughs> Fuck you, 19 I need hit. monologue. <laughs> I need my bag or monologue. Did you get advantage? Uh, this yeah, this is this is all at advantage. Because right, yeah. um, I'm reckless attacking regardless. Okay. Um, and then it's... Yeah, so 17 plus 7 is a 24. So they both hit. Yes. What was it? Two D six plus what? Two D six plus two D six slashing damage plus two D eight protic damage. Plus modifiers. So the first hit was 23. What's the damage? Do you need it splitting up? Nope. Great. The second hit... Oh. Weird. Rod the exact same numbers on all the dice. So another 23. <laughs> 22. No, no. I rolled a 7 on the D8s and a 1 on the D6s. Oh. Yeah, it was very weird. So that's that is 
plus six is 22. 22 points in total. And then FD, I'd like to use... FD blows you to score something. Sorry, carry on. No, no, yeah. I think um, it is just that he's just stood underneath it, just shanking this thing in the ribs. And then um, he's going to put the, like, slam the blade into the floor and just, like, again, throw his face into its leg and tear out another chunk of its leg with an unarmed fanged bite attack for a bonus action, if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. I might as well add that three to this. I'm not that good at this. Uh, oh, well, I rolled high, so that's good. So, 26 to hit. Hits. And only a d4 of damage, which is three points of piercing damage, and I'll add that again to my next attack roll that I need to. Okay, so you take another chunk out of his leg. Oh, your pathetic bite attack. You could have so much more. And he just claws at his face, drawing blood, causing it to wrinkle down into his super evil uh, goatee that he has. I think I just spit out of the leg muscle in again, <laughs> ready for another attack. At the end of your turn, he's going to take a legendary action to try and break the grapple that um, Rion has on him. We need to make contested athletics checks, please. Contested athletics check contested for big boys. Roll. <laughs> Come on, feel the pub. 17. 28. Yeah, right. So he just flexes and causes the entire... <laughs> in fact, actually, because this is also <laughs> Niall's character, so I don't want to make him like the flex god. He uses his wings no, to pry open. It's a weird dream thing. <laughs> the, wing, the wings fell back into themselves and just erupt outwards, causing you to fall back, and he goes to get ready to take flight, but he doesn't because he can't move. Um, that makes it Axe turn. Currently, just reading through the words of Revivify, and there's just a phrasing: "It cannot restore any missing body parts." And I'm like, "Well, technically, none of Rody is missing." Yes, you could Revivify dust. dust if you wanted to. Um, I feel like that's not the priority right now. Shortly, maybe we'll see how it goes. Um, it's all a I, dream. Don't worry about I, it. I think that's the thing. Aki, Aki is just muttering, "No, no, it's all an illusion. It will be fine. Rhododendron will come back. It's going to be fine." Uh, how is Rion looking? Angry. <laughs> I guess. <coughs> Health-wise, no, not that bad. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and Amon is still all right as well? I haven't taken a single hit this combat yet. I don't oh, think this right, thing's great. interested in killing me. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um. They, they will also say, uh, there's a small part of me that's wondering if, like, all of the others, there's... Uh, the way to get out of this is to uh, submit somehow, but I don't like the sound of that. And uh, instead, I'm going to create and uh, draw another lantern in the air and going to try guide and bolt. Oh, that's an 18. Your little bird friend is very clever. That is an 18. It's just hits. Uh, I did that at third level. So that is going to... Fou-fou! to the tune of 24 radiant damage. 24 radiant damage. The radiant damage hits into 
this creature causing a significant blow to it. And as the sort of light itself fades, you hear a guttural laugh come from it. <laughs> Amon, you silly creature telling them radiance would hurt me. I am like you, am I not? Daywalker is what we're called. We are not like other vampires. Uh, there's my bonus action. The quill is going to come round and try and waft in its face again. Uh, and fails. <laughs> Damn it, I wanted that to hit because I wanted the whole... I wanted the whole, it does not work on me, and then a monocle gets drawn. No, it's it's like... I don't have anything that's like a, a feather. I'm going to use this Albert for, for... It's like he's trying to give his monologue and this spectral feather just starts like... <laughs> Just <laughs> like start stroking his face. <laughs> My face. <laughs> I have this idea as well now that, that Rion's just like, what's that feather for? Like, what's it, what does it do? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they realise that it's, it's not working the way it should. I think that this is just what it does. And they're not quite getting what the point is. At the end, at the end of your turn, Rody, it's your turn. You feel something within you as no. you. Oh, oh, like that. There we go. You feel something within you as your eyes begin to slowly open, and you can see that you're sitting in a chair, and next to you is a chair, and then there's another. There's a row of chairs on your left, a row of chairs on your right. And sitting in various locations around are your comrades, all with blank expressions on their face, looking towards something in front of them. And you can get a quick look around and you notice that there are other people sitting in chairs. It looks like you're in some sort of ruined theatre of some sort. But that's all you can do for this turn, unfortunately. Fair enough. It is now Zana's turn. Just change the colour now. <laughs> uh, after seeing Rody turn into death, this is going to do a no and try to shoot him. <laughs> can I? Can <laughs> do I, a no. <laughs> after no. after it's taunted me about. You know, it it also being immune to sort of sunlight and stuff. Can I just shout out, sh like, kill its mind? Like, if you've got anything that's psychic, essentially. You can say that if you want, yeah. Just kill its mind! <laughs> like, just as, like, blood covering down my bed. Kill its mind! <laughs> I'm still going to use Brendan's smite. That's what I got up. <laughs> I'm gonna try and shoot him. Sixteen. Sixteen does not hit again. Uh, bounces. One of the wings comes over and just smacks the bolt away. Yeah, yeah. Twenty-four. Twenty-four hits. Yes. Oh, roll damage. Finally. The branding smite. Smite. Right. Branding smite Schmied. of smitiness. Schmoot. Schmitten. Schmooch, meeting, schmooching. 
That is a good point. Sorry, I was blowing my nose and not paying proper attention. You should have done that with advantage because of Guiding Bolt. Mm-hmm. I will let you do that on the one that hits to see if you crit. Actually, no, I'll let you do it on the one that misses to see if you hit because then that'll be two, two lots of damage then. None! <laughs> no. What? No, Nine! Damage or to hit? Damage. Damage. Yeah. It's rubbish. Must <laughs> Oh, brain! There we go. He's radiant. It radiant. into him. Doesn't seem to have the desired effect on him. It affects him the same way it would affect other creatures. Mm. He's not resistant to her or anything. Oh, is he? To... Hmm? Hmm? Isn't he? He's not resistant to it. He's just not... What a loser. Um, I am. He's just not... Uh, what's the word? <laughs> Vulnerable. Vulnerable to it, yeah. Oh, that's why I was saying the mind thing, because the only thing I'm, I am, res- I am not resistant to is any mind powers. Yeah. Mind powers. Did uh, mind powers? Is that the end of your turn, Sarah? No, the, the things are being said while I was trying to calculate as I was rolling. So, what was what was being said? Did she, did she get the uh, advantage? Did you, uh, you said that she, she'd be allowed to re-roll the first attack. Yes, you can re-roll the first attack to see if it hits. Yes. Come on. Dece. No, Dece. Twelve. No, unfortunately, oh, no, didn't no, no, no. Thank you, though. <laughs> At the end of your turn, this Bonus creature... Archimedes goes behind Archimedes is going to fly around his head. Person. So not only does he have this quill stroking the side of his face. He's also got this strange mechanical dragon yep. flying around <laughs> him as well. <laughs> Doing the robot in front of him. It's <laughs> just really janky. It's <laughs> an amazing noise. Someone should foley that. That's great. <laughs> as a bonus action, he is going to turn and grab Rion around the throat. Uh, not as a bonus action, sorry, as a legendary action. This again? Uh, 17. Not even resistant to radiant damage. <laughs> so he's not, he's going to forego to do the damage as usual and grab you by the throat and pick you up. It is now your turn, Rion. Uh, I want to break the grapple. Okay, make a strength saving throw. No, athletics check. It doesn't tell me. It's, ath- it's athletics. Yeah. There's a DC for it. Mm, 24. Yep, so as soon as you pick as soon as he pick as soon as he picks you up, you just kick off of him and break the grip the, the grapple. Cool. Um I'm going to bonus action disengage. I'll just step back a bit then. You take a step back and you watch as he begins to build up this rage within him. You pathetic, pathetic bugs. I will kill all of you. You, Iman, you will unleash me onto the world, whether you like it or not. (laughs) You're going to have to do that again because we didn't get your audio. <laughs> can, every, can everybody make me a dexterity saving throw, please? Oh no! No. 
as this necrotic energy begins building up within him, seemingly being mm. pulled out from the sword that Amon is wielding as well, and it looks like he's about to explode. Like a massive fart. <laughs> like a massive fart. God. Uh, unleash me onto this world. I am inside of you. Five? Did he cast gaseous form? Eight. Possibly. Nineteen. Only a thirteen. Okay, anybody who rolled above a sixteen will take half damage. Anybody who rolled below that is going to take full damage. 27 points of necrotic damage. What's that half? There's this big shockwave just <laughs> erupts from him, sort of covering you all in this deep necrotic energy and sapping the life force. It then almost reverses and pulls back into him, pulling your life essence into his body, but instead of it healing the wounds that he's taken, his form seems to bulk out and grow. He begins to grow horns on his head. The wings extend further outwards and more wings grow, and he just roars at you. Hot. Very hot. Mm. Even more his, muscular. His fangs <laughs> extend, he grows an extra set of fangs, so he's now got top and bottom. Definitely hot, yeah, done. Definitely hot. <laughs> right. And now it's his turn, because that was a legendary action. Uh, he is going to grab Rion again, unfortunately. That's a 19. Um, Sorry, that wasn't saying. a legendary action, that was a mythic action. Should specify... Do I have? Just a sec. Um, I'm trying to remember if I have a reaction currently. If I can still worry about it again. Yes, because you've just had your turn. Yes. Yes. Cool. I was one more silvery barbs. Okay, eighteen to hit. Damn it. Yeah. And then he will bite you for a twenty-two. Yeah, I'm dead. Take. 16 points of piercing damage and 16 points of necrotic damage. As he just rips into your flesh and just tears your throat out. Mm. Uh, did the 16 drop you to your maximum being zero? No. No, you're just unconscious. Yeah. Yep. So you fall unconscious in his hand. Um, that is the end of his turn. That makes it a mon's turn. You can see this very large creature in front of you. Join yeah. me and this will all be over. Before Amun goes, I know it's not technically my turn, so I'm not trying to do anything, but I'm hoping talking as a free action can slide through here. Um, Ak is also looking rough um, and is just going to look at Amun and say uh I think I think it might be uh, worth trying something different. And I'd rather it was you than him. Listen to your little friend, Amun. Think of the havoc we could wreak together. 
I believe that you can control it. Uh, Amun's gonna like drop the sword, head over to Ak, pick them up fully bodily, and then bite them. Go for it. <laughs> Roll with a plus 10, please. Oh, I already had a plus nine. So that's a plus 19 for a total of 30. Okay. That hits. Roll 3d6 plus five. For the teeth. For the teeth. And then another 3d6. (laughs) You don't need to roll. All right. The 3d6 plus five is the piercing damage and the 3d6 is necrotic damage. Actually, it's Which worth rolling you? to see if you uh, roll higher than 47. So I got 14 plus 2, 16 on the first hit, on that mm-hmm. first roll of damage, and then the next 3d6. Uh, nine. As you give in to your temptations and all go to bite, the rest of you watch as this evil Amon's form begins to turn almost gaseous and attach itself to Amon like a shadow, pulling itself into Amon and creating this essence within him as you bite down on Ak. That's one attack. Yeah, I'd like to then... No, I'd like to then drop Ak down on the floor uh, and look back at where the monster once was. It is still sort of there, but it's very incorporeal. And you just hear a voice in your head go, let me in. Um, I'll then like put my foot on Axe like hand and then like crouch right down and just keep going again. Yep, rolled another attack with advantage because Axe is technically prone. Because Axe is down, unconscious. Okay. Uh, that is 29 this time. Okay. I'm going to get some more dice out if I'm rolling 3d6. What is your health if you take off the um, the necrotic damage that you did before act or from your health? What is your total max health on at the minute? The nine. Uh, ignoring the max HP modifier that I got from age as yes. well, uh, then it would be 30. Okay, so you fine then, but this is probably going to kill you. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, plus five, yeah, that's 16. And then the necrotic damage, it ho oh, is another 17. So yeah, I do kill you outright. Yeah. Wow. You, you draw, and as the final essence comes out... Am I fully out, healed, though? <laughs> you would be fully healed, yeah. As the final <laughs> essence comes out of Ak and fully heals you, Ak turns to dust, and the shadow, shadowy figure completes its transition into your body. And as this happens, this big, bright, white light erupts from your body your skin itself becomes radiant white and your mouth and eyes open and radiant light comes out of you as this massive explosion 
happens, enveloping those of you who are left. And then you find that you open your eyes, all of you. And you can see you begin to wake up. The various nightmares you have had taking its toll on each of you in different ways. The first thing you notice is that you are all together. Everybody who, Akin, Rody, who died in that final confrontation are both there. The second thing you'll notice is you're not alone. Each of you is sitting in a chair, the sort you'd find in the Blue Lake Theatre, except these chairs are old and old, torn, faded and covered in a layer of dust. The walls of this theatre are cracked and the building itself appears to be on a bit of a slant. Around you, you can see others sitting in chairs, expressionless looks on their faces as they are fixated on the stage in front of them. You might recognise some of these people as people who are considered missing. You see Mask and Shadows sitting there. You see Earthos sitting there as well, Amun. You see Dr. Whipple Stitch sitting there, all with fixated looks on their faces. And that familiar music is being played. And as you look to the stage, you can see three familiar figures, except this time their faces are no longer hidden. And that is where we're going to end tonight's. Which what? Who are they? Who are they? I will give you one slight hint as I have been alluding to what they look like the entire time. You see strands of red hair on the conductor. <laughs> and that is where we are going to end tonight's session. Thank you everybody for joining us for tonight's show. If you enjoy tonight, we play every Monday and Tuesday from 6pm BST or 10am PST. And you can also join us on Fridays for our chat show, Talk Together, or Talking is Free Action, again, from 6pm BST or 10pm, 10am, sorry, PST. All of our shows are streamed at twitch.tv forward slash RollTogetherRPG, and you can find all of our content archived at youtube.com forward slash RollTogetherRPG. There are also podcast versions of all of our shows available everywhere. Just search for RollTogetherRPG. Massive thank you to our DE20 club. I'm going to do this for them. Uh, there'll be links in chat for you to join and every penny that you can give to us helps us make this awesome content that we do now. Again, big thank you to all of our sponsors and supporters. And don't forget, we are all, 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 all over social media as Roll Together RPG. Thank you for watching. We're going to go and cry in a corner now. Goodbye. Especially me.